Brandon and I thought it'd be appropriate for us to talk about the Holy Spirit. Who is he? What does he do? How do we relate to him? How does he use us? What's his role? Uh, you know, I think coming off of Easter, I think there's that Easter high of just like Jesus is risen. Mm-hmm. And now the spirit is given like Pentecost comes 50 days after Passover. And so Jesus rose again. He's, he's walking around for 40 days. Then like nine days later or 10, you know, nine, 10 days later, you have Pentecost and the Holy Spirit falls in the church. And we thought it'd be cool just to talk about who he is and what he does. So, um, yeah, Brandon, man, I want to kind of hear your thoughts on Easter Good Friday, by the way. Like, what is that weekend for us as a church? Like, what does that mean to you? The Easter service at Exchange was so good. It was so great. It's, there, there is something like, you. there is a sense of like everyone, I mean, it has like that basically like a Christmas or like anything else. Just that holiday feeling of mm-hmm. like, like enjoy it fully you know, drink the marrow from its bones, mm-hmm. like, get, like give your all and everything. And you can like feel that in the worship. You can just tell like, and mm-hmm. the, like more people tend to come, um, who even wouldn't normally come, uh, you know, on a Sunday and, yeah. and all of that. And there's just, I think with that too, it's just so cool. Cause there really, there really comes that feeling of like opportunity and like, man, someone might be here who doesn't normally come, uh, to church and, and that feeling of like, God's like, like encounter somebody today for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, like behind the um, stage or whatever, like the worship band during like the invitational song, we mm-hmm. were like all like singing along mm-hmm. with it, you mm-hmm. know, just like, yes, like, mm-hmm. like wanting, you know, mm-hmm. just like, like thinking about, oh, that's not a good sound. Um, <laughs> that's okay. It's all good. It's all part of it. Um, yeah. I think when, um, it's when we have Easter, it's weird. You know, I think of the story where Jesus is about to heal the little girl and he casts out all the skeptics and doubters. You know, I love that where it's like the, he keeps the inner circle in like, Hey, like there's no room for doubt here. Right. Like we're all expecting this person to come back to life. Yeah. And I look at Easter as like, it's so cool when you're gathered with Christians who actually believe in the resurrection, mm-hmm. who actually have expectation that God will show up. I think there's something about that story. There's something about like, hey, you're, you're going to doubt. You're going to laugh at the thought of her coming back to life. Like, get out. Get out of the room. Yeah. And I think of the resurrection, like, you have this expectation, like, that same power that rose Jesus lives in us, and he wants to awaken souls today. And he he wants people to know who he is and, and come alive. And it's, it's a, it's, there's something about it. And I think just when, you, when you're kind of giving an argument for the resurrection, there's just, there's so many kind of routes you could take. Mm-hmm. But but there, the historical account of the resurrection is like the knockout punch of christianity i'm I'm actually curious have you ever read like a good book or good uh apologetics kind of a thing for the resurrection like have you had something like this was so profound to me i mean yeah like the um gary habermas yes habermas yeah yeah like he his writing is so good on that the minimal facts approach yes um, yeah that's really basically like a chapter of of the sermon that you preached i was like are we gonna go I was curious, like, are we going to go into like a, a little bit more didactic kind of sure. apologetic side? And um, I was I trying thought, to weave that in, I guess. I don't know. No, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. I was, I was like, honestly, this story like totally stands on its own two feet. But then it's like you end up getting around to that too, which I just think is epic because it's it's basically like um, from a historic perspective, mm-hmm. like just doing history mm-hmm. the way that you would do history in any other situation. Um, you would come to the conclusion that this event happened. Yeah. And that's just such a big thing. It's like, it's not 
the Bible said so. Mm, mm -hmm. It's not by faith. There is obviously faith in in Christianity, but it's also like do history like a historian does Mm -hmm. history. Take into account the multiple attestation. Mm -hmm. Take into account the eyewitness. Mm -hmm. Take into account, you know, all all of these different factors. Treat it like you would treat anything else. Mm -hmm. And by far the best explanation for all of the different events that ripple out from that particular moment is that he actually rose from the dead. Like, by far. Mm -hmm. Nothing else actually actually what else completes the equation what's a good alternative to that literally nothing <laughs> yeah and i know it's hard because we're like summarizing i mean years and years and years of work of people who've compiled some amazing writings on this yeah but i think of him i think of nt Wright and his work on the resurrection yes and i mean there's so many perspectives we need to approach it from and i mean it's just worth ex- it's worth exploring like we have to yeah. again like if you want to, if you want to destroy christianity mm-hmm. show that the resurrection didn't happen Right, like if you want to, if you hate Christians and you hate Christianity, mm-hmm. I mean, all you have to do is take apart the resurrection and you, you, you won. Yeah. Um, but for us, it's going. There's enough evidence. There's enough things to consider and look at that if you were to present this like a courtroom yeah. and you said, "All right, jury, you have to decide," you know, innocent yeah. or guilty. Yeah. Right. You'd have to. There'd be enough to say, "No, no, he is risen." Yeah. Um, now that's just like a side note. We need to do a, a podcast, probably some of the arguments of the resurrection. There's no doubt. We should. We definitely should. And like one, one last thought on that. Yeah. Before, before we move on to the Holy Spirit, although it is related. Yeah. It's the Spirit who raised Christ from the dead mm. that we're going to be talking about, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Um, but you basically have to presume a non supernatural explanation mm. before you look at anything, um, which is actually a circular argument. In other words. I don't believe in anything supernatural mm-hmm. as a beginning point. And now I'm going to look at these historic events and I'm going to not consider a supernatural possible explanation for them in order to end up concluding that the resurrection didn't happen and therefore supernatural things don't happen. It's this crazy like circular argument. But if you actually are open to all possibilities and you look at that honestly from from a lens that doesn't preclude something supernatural happening, a miracle happening, if you're open mm-hmm. to that possibility, um, again, we already said it, but it, it it's it is the only possible explanation. Yeah, that's good. I think what C.S. Lewis, who's like career, right? Before he's a Christian, as an atheist, a guy who gave himself over to like ancient literature mm-hmm. and manuscripts, and he's looking... You know, like the heart of so many skeptics is how can I prove this is not true? Right. Like Christians are so naive. I can't believe they believe this. And I mean, you can, everyone has like that classic story in some way of like how they try to disprove it and then end up believing it. Right. But what I love about C.S. Lewis is he's like reading the scriptures going, okay, all I do is study ancient writings and documents. Yeah. But there's something different about the gospel accounts of the resurrection in its writing, like in its in its style. Yeah. And that's what I find fascinating because he's going, why does it say when Jesus, you know, met Peter by the sea that they caught like 153 fish. Like what? Yeah. You know, his whole thing was like people would give details in modern day writing like that, but not, not then. Like there's not a lot of writings that give unnecessary details that don't add to the story or don't add to the, right. the plot or don't add to the character development. Yeah. His whole thing is like, but those details you'd see today in our form of writing, but why would you do, do it that way? Right. And his whole thing was like, well, because that's how they remember it. Like they, they, yeah. they wrote it the way they remember it, you yeah. know? And, um, he's like, that's not a very, like, you might see that kind of writing style today, just not then. And for him, there's just some of those little things he's picking up on going, this is not either this, like they wrote ahead of their time yeah, or this really happened. 
Well, and the other thing is, like, it's not in a galaxy far, far away <laughs> or in Middle Earth or in whatever, like, alternative universe, like the Marvel universe. And, like, everyone understands that we're in, like, a fantasy genre. Mm-hmm. It's like Pontius Pilate. Yeah. Like Herod. It's like historical figures. Historic yeah, yeah. That, like, everybody knows existed. And then it's like, if you if you start looking at it just historically, it's like this this basically squares with all the ancient writings that surround mm-hmm. it. I mean, even the Talmud is a fascinating mm-hmm. example where the Talmud, which is a, which is a Jewish uh, historical document, which obviously rejects Christianity, views Christianity as this rebellious out you know outgrowth of mm-hmm. Judaism, which is it's like a cult of Judaism. Right, yeah. but, but the Talmud actually accuses Jesus from Nazareth of doing black magic, mm. which is super fascinating mm-hmm. because it shows you that he was doing something that, that they didn't like and that had power behind it. And they were basically, it's basically the same accusation of, you you know, you cast out Beelzebub with the power of Beelzebub, mm. you, know, that, mm-hmm. you know, that part in, yeah. in Matthew. And it's like, but the fact that the Talmud is saying that Jesus is doing black magic or, or, or like dark arts or I, I forgot the exact language but mm-hmm. it's, it's basically like a really really crazy historical uh like landmark of okay so you're admitting number one that there's this person jesus mm-hmm. from nazareth mm-hmm. and you're admitting that he's doing something that's causing you to think that it's like black mat like that it's like magic or it's like something it's basically something supernatural it's something powerful and it's like so there was a guy jesus from nazareth who was healing people who was raising yeah. people from the dead who was doing all these things and like you can have that spin on it in terms of what he was how what was empowering him how was he doing it but the fact that you even make that accusation mm-hmm. implies that he was really doing these things that aligns with the biblical telling mm. of the story i feel like we need to have show notes and i want to see that that's that's so fascinating right i yeah. mean and there there is a lot of Historians, obviously, we know the classic, like a, a Josephus or, or Pliny, you know, the younger or something, where yeah. they wrote about him and his followers and how they claimed he rose again. And yeah. I mean, they document all of those classic things. Like, there's some things you can't you can't deny. No true historian would deny the historical Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wouldn't deny a death by crucifixion. Yeah, you know, there's certain things like they wouldn't de- deny an empty tomb. But it's like, well, the how? You know, how did we? How did he? Why was the tomb empty? Or how was it? But there's just exactly. classic kind of approaches. Um, I guess all of that to say it leads up to okay that Jesus is risen like now what and you have this idea of that the church is birthed like the church the body of Christ is like now like there like Jesus risen on this rock I'll build my church it's who he is what the Messiah the fact that he is the son of the living God and so you have in a sense like the the birth of the church coming right in Acts two where the Holy Spirit falls on the disciples and so that's kind of where we want to like I guess begin is. Who is the Spirit? Why do we desperately need Him? What did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit, you know, in His life and in His ministry? Actually, it's in the upper room. What did Jesus say in John 14 and John 16? Like, some of the last conversations Jesus had is this idea of the Holy Spirit's coming, and that's a really good thing. It's yeah. good that I go away. Yeah. Because when I come, the Helper will come. And I can only be like here, but He can be with you all. And it's weird, because obviously, if you know how to choose, right? It's like that classic, like, if we could choose jesus to be with us right now in this room i feel like i would lean towards that yeah. <laughs> right yeah but he's saying no but you have the spirit of god you have the holy spirit who is with you and he's with every believer across the globe and he's gonna that's a good thing in my mind look here's that and goes no like i'd rather have i think you so mm-hmm. it's it's this idea of it's it's good for us to have 
is obviously good, great for us to have a Holy Spirit who's with us. But what does that mean? What does that look like? Do, do Christians act in that way? Why do we feel like the church is lacking either power or authority? Um, so yeah. I guess we should start just, just bringing like, you know, who is the Holy Spirit? Man. First, let me say, by the way, a shout out. If you just go into Wikipedia and type in Jesus in the Talmud, okay. it will actually pull up this whole thing. That whole clip? And, they, okay. call, and they, they call him a sorcerer, just before I forget that part. So we all know Wikipedia is legit, too, so it's good. And yeah, Wikipedia is never lied. <laughs> Yeah. But no, but it, ha- it actually sources like the Talmud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but the, the Holy Spirit, um, it's really fascinating. Like, I, I want to I address this mm-hmm. from a personal level before saying anything like just, just academic or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I genuinely b- do believe that I became a Christian at six. Okay. Probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, the, reason, yeah, and yeah. the reason that I say probably is because when when I was 19 and I think I've alluded to this, like something fundamentally changed mm, mm-hmm. in my, in my human experience mm. and in my relationship to God. And yeah. it was like, I knew, and I, and I did actually confess it. It's six. Like I understood that I had like an evil heart and I was like, God, like, I'm sorry. And like, and I, but as I wrestled through and kind of deconstruction and went through that huge doubting phase for like a year and then came on out on the other end of it and was like, God, you're the real deal. You are love. You are good. You were like everything that my heart mm-hmm. has ever desired. Like mm-hmm. you're it. Mm-hmm. And coming through that, like I encountered the Holy Spirit as like, as something that's undeniably mm-hmm. true in a way that I never had before. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, we, we were actually um, at a family dinner last week. We were actually talking about the Holy Spirit and we were talking about how, um, how it's like there, there's the there's like the whole part in Acts chapter 19 where the people had um, heard like the gospel according to John the mm-hmm. Baptist and it was like the gospel of repentance mm-hmm. but they hadn't heard about like Jesus and yeah. the resurrection and and this and that and so they had like repented and and John was the voice crying out in the wilderness and like they it says in Acts 19 like they knew about Jesus but um, I believe it's Paul comes to them and he has to like lay hands have on them. You, yeah, he asks, have you received the Holy Spirit? And they go, we have not so much as heard of the Holy yeah, Spirit. Yeah, like, we don't even know what you're talking about. And <laughs> yeah. he lays hands Tell on us them. more. Yeah, yeah. And it's like a crazy fascinating mm. like little moment. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people obviously like debate over it. Like, was that just at that particular time? Like they were kind of closing the circle on the Old Testament time period or can you believe it not and like my personal belief is that you are sealed with the spirit when you become a christian mm-hmm. that like you're, you're really given a new um you're you're given a heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone mm-hmm. like you're 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 the deposit it says i think in ephesians yeah ephesians one is essentially walking through this right being sealed by the spirit and yeah. yes and it's and it's like described as like a deposit for your inheritance mm-hmm. so it's like yeah. you're you're inheritance it's is beautiful. there it's fixed mm-hmm. i think it's i think it's a done deal like you're adopted you're in the family like, yes 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 um but we were talking about it and, and and i was like but it's a lot more dynamic than mm-hmm. that it's not just like the holy spirit is a light switch that gets flicked on when you become a christian mm-hmm. and it's like well it was off and now it's on mm-hmm. it's a lot more complicated than that um mm-hmm. he is a lot more intricate in the way that that he interacts with people because mm-hmm. you can also be full of the spirit or not mm. you can also walk in step with the spirit or not mm-hmm. you can also grieve the spirit or not mm. you know there's all of there's all mm-hmm. of the, there's this huge spectrum of of experience and richness or 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 quenching of the spirit right. that can take place in the life of the believer 
So it's not like, I, I feel like the conversation that I heard for, for like a decade was just like, have you, the, do you have the Holy Spirit? If you're a Christian, you do. If you're not a Christian, you don't. And mm-hmm. obviously that's the most important mm-hmm. thing. But it's like, it's not just like a, like a clothing that you put on. And it's like, now I'm covered in the Spirit. It's not just that. Yeah. It is that, but it's, but it's, it's more than that because it's, it's like, I keep saying it, but we're really talking about the third person of the Trinity. Yeah. yeah. And we got to clarify that. I mean, I know what you, yes. Yeah. 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 But keep going. I love this. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I think you even asked the question, right? Like, do you have the Holy Spirit? I think the question we're trying to say is, you know, next is, does the Holy Spirit have you? Mm. So I think that's, there's a side of it where, you know, being born again, like I'm adopted in the family, I'm sealed by the, you know, Romans eight, his spirit bears with, with our spirit that we are sons of God. Beautiful. Yeah. And then there's a sense though, of like, I, okay, spirit, here I am, you know, send me, use me, uh, speak through me. Yeah. Let me help. I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I, you know, I love, and there's so many things, right? The Holy Spirit's role is to point us to the person of Jesus. Yes. I mean, his primary role is like that light beam kind of like exposing Jesus. So the beautiful thing, even in this conversation is, you know, obviously there can be extremes in any topic where we either, I think, emphasize the spirits to the, to the point where we forget that Jesus is God's plan of salvation. Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. And, and obviously the Holy Spirit is God. So I understand that to, like, there's that desire to, yeah. and we, and, but then I think probably more often than not, we neglect or abandon or are like overwhelmed or confused or like a, not scared, but like we don't want to get, get into it. Cause I think this is where the body of Christ does go to different kind of like mm-hmm. denominations essentially. Right. Like, well, what's your view of the spirit? I mean, I, I learned a kid, you know, ask me, and I guess we can get into this one not after church one day preached a sermon, you know, I was like, okay, I feel like the Lord was in it. It was, you know, sweet. And I, this guy was like a young guy, kind of like that about to go to Bible college age. And he's like, okay. so I just have one question. I'm like, yeah, what's your one question? Are you sensationist? And I'm like, I'm like, and it's funny. I wish I just asked him questions more. I could tell yeah. he just really wanted to go to the point. And I just want to like, I knew his heart was like, if you answer this, yeah. I will attend. If you answer it the way I want you to answer it, I'm going to attend. If you uh, don't answer the way I don't want you to answer it, I am out of here. Yeah. And I go, well, you know, I know, um, I go, let me just describe it. I believe the Holy Spirit is still at work in the body of Christ in us. I do believe he still gives gifts. He was, that's all I need to hear. And like leaves, <laughs> you know, like it was, it was so, it was sad. Like, and I get it. He's like the 18, like eight, 19, like super. And I just feel like, you know, the Lord's going to work on him and, you know, hopefully yeah. he'll be like, I can't believe I, that was my, I wouldn't even like listen to the rest, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's sad. So this is one of those, it's sad because the Holy Spirit is to unite, to bring together, to make Christ known. And sadly, the church is so divided, you know, on just this topic. And it's not even a topic, right? He, it's a person. He is a person. You know, yeah. I know it's so weird because we say the Holy Spirit, it. And it almost feels like you're saying like spirit, it. It's like not it's an it. That, that right? language is so programmed so, into, my, into my consciousness. Like, <laughs> I've heard that for 30 years. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like yeah, it, it's, it's, it's so familiar. I, you know what? I think I think that that the basically like demonic strategy mm. to... Um, do all of these crazy horrible things in like as if it's the Holy Spirit in yeah. the name of the Spirit mm. as manifestations of the Spirit that's really demonic wow. it has been so effective where it's like it is be- it, it is so common and so easy to basically throw out the baby with the bathwater and be like I saw this you know um, I don't even know uh, is it that, that mic's sinking into you a little bit you can tie that up if you need no nah, it's all good it's good well, yeah, like, you know, pe- people are like, I saw this televangelist. And yeah. He was saying this about the Holy Spirit, and he was smacking these people upside the head, and they were falling on the ground. And then that guy ended up coming out as, like, a drug addict mm-hmm. or a child abuser, like, all these, like, crazy stories. And you're basically like, okay, the people that 
are like doing all that stuff like yeah me like those people are bad for sure and that means that it's all fake mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and i think that that is really like i really do think that's the like devil's yeah. strategy yeah absolutely I, I remember reminded that little girl not talking to paul right she's like you're of the lord and you're, you're preaching the gospel of the lord and he's like get behind me little demonic girl like yeah it's funny how this little thing was saying truthful things and paul's like no this is not of god yeah i guess so let me get i want to get back to like your story so at 19 because yes. i love what you said you're like yeah. six years old yeah. believed got saved yeah but like you know you walk through this period of time and you're like okay lord like i don't know if it's like i'm being sanctified yes. or if i'm being born again at 19 but can you describe like what do you mean by just this, your your personal encounter to the holy spirit where you're going okay like it's not just do i have him but he has me now he has all of yes. brandon like the the the, the 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 big difference was it's not it's not like oh and then i just started to feel all these emotions mm. or i just started to get these warm and fuzzies or I, I really like, um, it's not even like I just loved God more at that time, but that, although that is true, mm-hmm. the, the way that I would describe it is like a, like I, I really began to hate sin and I really just began to be like fed up with the things that I had like been holding on to and like allowing myself to get away with and just kind of like coasting through this and that I really was convicted about a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And I really, I really like was just drawn to repentance. I was just like, wow, like I am so unworthy. I am Mm. like, I, and and therefore like I, I want, I'm so blown away by grace and I just want to worship and I'm so happy that like all of my sins have been forgiven. But it it, like this, the Holy spirit will cause you to face um, your sin and then in light of it will point you to Jesus and make you love Jesus so much yes. for who he is and what he's done. Yes. The Holy Spirit's not, it's not just like, it's not to create like a rah, rah feeling. Yeah. In, like inside of you. Like that's not, that's not the point uh, that that's not the function of mm. the spirit. Mm-hmm. And um, that that's one of the things that I think can, can easily be misconstrued because in terms of what you were saying about denominations, like the churches that have more like emotive music or kind of put more emphasis on like kind of the production of the service or these different things can tend to be services that are, that probably hold a theology that's more open to like the, the, you know, the Holy spirit or however you want to say that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just think that like the intersection between emotions and and the spirit is something that is confusing for a lot of people and i think first of all emotions are good yes the idea of calling everything emotional is ridiculous i get i get frustrated by that i think i think i in my early 20s i was like annoyed by the emotionalism and now i'm annoyed by like emotional less like like there's just an absence of emotional life yes like people are afraid of of emotion yeah now i'm like i don't know and i I get there's that side of it's like i don't want to be emotional i don't want to be emotionless like, well, what I, what I, that, yeah. and, and that's, and I know why, saying, yeah. that's why I'm holding up this idea that like, like emotions, like in and of themselves are actually like neutral. Mm-hmm. But if the, if you're experiencing strong emotions and you're worshiping God, that's good. In my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Like, like if you're experiencing strong emotions, how can, watching you, a movie, how can you, how can you encounter God and not have emotion? That's like my that, yeah. frustration in it. And, and if you're experiencing conviction. Yes. And then there's like an emotional component to that, mm-hmm. which there has to be. Yes, there has to be. Because we're humans. Who encountered God in the Bible and showed zero emotion? Exactly. <laughs> Who encountered the spirit of God and literally was like, 
I don't want to get too excited here. Like, you know, like know. there's not, there might be weeping. There might be falling on the face. There might, there's a sense of like, woe is me. There's like this sense of like overwhelmed and yes. there's a beauty. There's like an enamor. There's like holiness. There's weight. There's glory. There's so much attached to that. So I, I mean, I agree with what you're. And, and, and I think that like, I actually believe that our emotions are for this precise mm, thing. That's like, good. The Holy Spirit, he interacts with that part of us and and actually pulls our emotions and points our emotions towards God mm-hmm. and we're like that like we're able to I mean I, I literally think that that's true I think that all the other little inklings of that that sure. we experience even in love if, even if you're like watching a movie or looking at a sunset I literally think like that feeling of awe that feeling of I'm experiencing beauty. I'm experiencing something that's grandiose. Like yeah. my heart is beginning to like sing mm-hmm. in, inside of me. Mm-hmm. And like I'm being overwhelmed with, with some feeling of awe and wonder. Yeah. Like that is for worship. Mm-hmm. And, and the Holy Spirit will, will actually work along with those emotions yeah. to do what they're for, which is to create worship and to point mm-hmm. them to God. Mm-hmm. Obviously the emotions can also be misconstrued into all, into, and point towards sin and mm-hmm. if the flesh grits all of them and all these other things yeah but the idea that emotions are bad is is like patently ridiculous yeah, yeah, yeah it's just a matter of like when you're feeling something strongly is it's like it's like is this connected to worship is this connected to like um appreciation of mm-hmm. god and if it is then i would i literally would say with confidence 100 percent of the time be like this is good like mm-hmm. thank you god that like you're allowing me to feel um happy Yes, that that you're my God, or that, or, or broken, or broken. Or, yeah, it's or, like yeah. There's nothing worse. I mean, I literally think like the idea of like quenching the spirit, or mm-hmm. of like se- being like seared in your mm-hmm. conscious. Like mm-hmm. the less that you feel, the more numb that you are, mm-hmm. is probably an indication of a lack of spiritual health, in my opinion. I mean, I think uh, this isn't that Paul's argument. I mean, your conscious has been seared because of sin. I mean, there's a side of it where we might be so numb because we're not encountering the living God in that way. I guess I, I kind of want to back it up in some ways, right? Cause this is, it's an, this topic is an overwhelming topic because I even hate to say this topic because the Holy Spirit is a person and right. a person to know. And, and it's hard when you say the person, but he's, he's fully, he's God, but he's a person like God uses characteristics to describe him as a person who's with us. You know, I think that's why this is this topic, <laughs> the person, the Holy Spirit, we gotta say this is a the person of the Holy Spirit. Like we, God uses, you know, names for him and like he he like he um he's with us there's this idea yeah. of not just names but titles like whether it's our helper or comforter yeah. you know our counselor i mean there's all these beautiful kind of names attached to him but i think it's important for us to know that um you know he can grieve right mm-hmm. he can be quenched mm-hmm. like there's responses to that's not a force i can't grieve the wind I can't, I can't grieve gravity. I can't make gravity sad, (laughs) you know, like, and I think sometimes we talk about the Holy Spirit like a force that comes from God Mm -hmm. rather than being the third person of the Trinity. Mm -hmm. And so there's a side where we have to talk about him as like, okay, he's God. And there's still this, whenever we talk about, you know, the Holy Spirit, there's almost like we're getting into like the Trinity, obviously, and you're kind of just for that overwhelm, like, okay, Mm -hmm. God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, one God, three persons who eternally dwell in perfect love, harmony, peace. And we can know the Father uh, through the Son, through the Spirit. Like there's this, just this, like, even in First Corinthians 15, you see how it's, like, laid out. Like, there is submission one to another. Yeah. And so there, it's hard to, like, talk about him without talking about Jesus and the Father yeah, and his yeah. role and who he is and what he does. So 
it's hard because you want to like kind of have that that sound theology because you don't want to yes. you don't want to go straight here. Obviously, you don't want to yes. become heretical and he is just a force or he's just an emanation from God or I, I mean I, I I love like the the different language that's used is like the spirit of Christ. Yeah, it's like that's the same thing. It's the spirit like he is the spirit of Christ, right? The, or is it not? Maybe we've no, I mean keep going. Yes, I mean like or the spirit that raised Christ from the mm-hmm. dead. Yeah, like the but then it's also like like spirit of the living God. Yes. And there's, yeah. like, there's this different language that's used. And it's like, I, especially in the Psalms, right? You see that so much. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's his own person. Right. Right. And that's, I think something for us to, and, and it's crazy because I think it's like the more you want to like, I want to be used by the spirit. I want to know him, but it's like, you can't get away from Jesus then. And then you can't get away from the father. Right. Because there's this sense of like, okay, this Holy spirit is saying to testify of me. Jesus said clearly in John 16, when yeah. he will come, he will testify of me. So you feel like the Holy Spirit's role, like you said, what you said that was great, but like when you experience the person of the Holy Spirit in your life, you're going, sin became really gross and Christ became really good. Yes. And that's a great example. Like, yes, that's what he will do in your life. Um, and so he elevates Jesus and Jesus goes, you know, um, I and my father are one. I'm sent from the father. And you're like, I wonder the heart of the father who would send the son, who would send the spirit. Yeah. You know, you want to know God, which is one God, eternally dwelling you know as three persons yeah and i want to i want to know him and i think it's weird because again as a kid we use illustrations that describe god and it gets kind of overwhelming yeah. <laughs> you know like god is like an egg or water and it could be and it's like ah that's not the best right that's almost like a form of modalism and it's funny i, yeah. I almost want to bring it because your, your wife you know told me this maybe, yeah. maybe you can explain it better but she's like i think i grew up being a modalist and didn't even know what that was so could you explain that actually no <laughs> <laughs> Come yeah. on, it's again. No, go for it. Well, I, the idea of like a modalism is basically God taking on the person of Jesus. I'm going to be Jesus. I'm going to be the Holy Spirit yeah. tomorrow. I'm going to be, and it's rather than three persons dwelling in perfect harmony and unity, but one God, one Godhead. It's like, yeah. I'm like, take on this kind of role in this moment. I need to be Jesus, you know, but obviously at Jesus' baptism, we see the Father speaking. We see Jesus being baptized. We see the Holy Spirit descend upon him like a dove. Like you see these moments where the Godhead is all in one, Yes. right? Like yeah. Yeah. all at the same time you know, not like throwing his voice. It's like, no, this is three persons, one God. Yeah. And it's, so it's overwhelming. But then anyways, I want to get back to the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. So yeah. who is he? What does he do? Um, and I guess, how would you, what, what language, what, what do you see in the scriptures where you say, man, I, here's what I see the Holy Spirit do then. And that helps us understand what he does still today. So yeah, what does he do? I think about Pentecost and I love, love, love the language that's used there. Terry, Wait in Jerusalem mm. until you're clothed with power from on high. Wow. I love that that function that's given for the role that the Spirit's going to play in the creation of the church, wow. the advancement of the kingdom, and the changing of the entire world. Exactly. Wait in Jerusalem until you're clothed with power from on high. And boy, did, did the world see that power. Because mm. when the Holy Spirit came to those carpenters fishermen ordinary guys Mm -hmm. it literally (laughs) changed the world yes it's amazing and and that i mean that there there would be no church without the holy spirit there would be no um it's the power it it is the power of god that we receive through the holy spirit Mm -hmm. that we're clothed with without i mean i the best my favorite example is peter Mm -hmm. peter is like the most relatable bible character yeah i I am like yeah that's exactly (laughs) yeah yeah And I love that Jesus meets him at the shore, mm-hmm. you know, with and, and is cooking the fish, and he like sees him, and he's just like, oh, and he like runs to him, and there's that forgiveness moment, the three mm-hmm. times, the 
like you betrayed me three times, I forgive you, I forgive yes. you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And yeah. um well. and it's the total undoing of the damage that he did to Jesus and the totally mm-hmm. like I, I and I think that that healed Peter's heart so mm-hmm. deeply. Mm-hmm. And because he's basically like, I failed you at the ultimate moment that I could have failed mm-hmm. you, I did. And when I thought that I never would, I did. And like, I literally have nothing to bring to the table. I'm completely, completely barren and mm. naked and with nothing. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he sees the resurrected Christ cooking fish for him on the shore yeah. and welcoming him to come after he did everything is like, is so cool. Wow. And that's the same Peter who then goes to Jerusalem and tarries and just becomes this amazing clothed with power from on high. I believe his shadow was mm-hmm. like healing people mm-hmm. even as he walked by and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And that's all God. But I do think that the vessel, I do think that the vessel that God prepares, the shape of the vessel that God prepares that his spirit comes into matters. And I mm-hmm. think that Peter <clears throat> was this like, like I said, totally broken down, totally humble. Like mm-hmm. I literally have nothing that I can bring to the equation. Yeah. I have failed you at the at the worst possible moment. And he was a completely empty vessel, mm-hmm. which means that there was a lot of space for the spirit to come and to fill him Gosh, up with. Yeah, absolutely. And you really see that in the book of Acts. And it's so cool. Like l- reading the gospels versus reading the book of Acts mm-hmm. is one way of understanding like humans without the spirit of God absolutely. empowering them versus humans with the spirit of God empowering them. Yes, I mean, a hundred percent, right? Like I, I fully agree. Cause I love, you know, pre the spirit, post the spirit. But then what's amazing too, is Peter still blows it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you see that where Paul's like rebuking him in Galatians. Like, why weren't you willing to eat with the Gentiles when the Jews came in? Like essentially accusing him of being racist. He's like, yeah. you pulled away. That's so, true. and I love, no, but I love that too. Like, I love the fact that like you can be filled with the spirit and there's, it doesn't mean you're sinless now. Right, right, and right. it doesn't mean that Peter never had the spirit again. Like, oh, after Galatians 1, the spirit departed from Peter. Like, right. no, he was still obviously filled with the spirit. Yes. He's still used by God powerfully. Yes. And that is such a testament to, again, grace and just who God is and what yeah. he does. And so that's what I love about some of those. Like, it's almost like the idea of, I don't know why this came to my mind, but the promised land. Like, you enter the promised land and then there's still battles, right? It's not like when they got right. to the promised land, like, what did they hit? Jericho. You know, they, they hit battle after battle, even in the promised land. Right. And I think of that, like, it's funny. Sometimes the, and I actually, let's talk about this. Cause I've heard like there's analogies and I think there's like a lot of old school hymns and I can, I get it where the promised land is like related to heaven. It's yes. like one day we'll get to the promised land. Yes. But I actually don't know if that's the best analogy. Yeah. I think the idea of the promised land is like the spirit filled life mm-hmm. because the idea is like, you're now filled with the Holy spirit and there's still gonna be battles. And there's still going to be times you blow it and, def- and there's defeat. Absolutely. And you still need this like refill. This I God, like I need you. Like there's going back to God. It's not like, all right, we made it to the promise and now we don't need the spirit of God. Like we know we still need him. Yes. So I guess my, my thing is like we can be, you know, in the promised land, quote unquote, like what Paul says or the, whoever, sorry, the author of Hebrews says, this yeah. is a better covenant. You, everyone is capable of having the Holy Spirit. Yep. And like what we have, like what Samson had, like he's like, hey, that can be for everyone everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's why I think, you know, what we have is so much better. Um, and yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say that this is another, like what you just said is another reason why the, like the prosperity gospel is ridiculous Mm -hmm. or like the idea that, you know, do the right things. Like you go from like what I, what, you know, even though I kind of painted it like very simplistic like that, but I wanted to say this too, like Peter ended up being crucified upside down. Yes. So like 
yes, things got a lot better. Mm-hmm. And yes, he made mistakes along the mm-hmm. way, like you said. It wasn't like, oh, he's just like, <laughs> boom, instantaneously glorified. Instantaneously yeah. is perfect. Like, it's all over. I'm in the promised yes. land. It's like, no, he actually was in the trenches of advancing the kingdom. And his life ended in a upside down crucifixion. Yes. But even in that, I would say, is the spirit empowering yes. him to not reject Christ and to take exactly. on the type of death that Christ took. Fully. So it's like, it's this, it's that crazy extreme of like, of you're actually signing up for yes, like in a, in some ways like the like the bringing of heaven to earth meant hell on earth for the people who did it. In yeah, some yeah. ways, you know what I mean. Like the 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 shed the the the, shed, the shedding of blood. Yes, is basically how the church has advanced and by its own blood being shed. Exactly by yes. its own by yeah, the sword yeah. being pointed at yes at the church. It, it, like the mustard seed being crushed and producing that aroma of Christ. Oof, that's it. That's it. I mean, that's, that is how the church is birthed. And I mean, it's, it's also <clears throat> reflecting the gospel, like through suffering comes glory. So Jesus yeah. is like, I suffer this glory. You two will suffer this glory. And, and it, so, I mean, there's so much with this because I think that, and I don't want to jump too far ahead because I feel there's a lot here, I know, but I, I, I think the issue that everyone sees myself included and even my own life is like, okay, what I see in the early church, where is that today in the modern church? And it's hard because obviously the church is not, not when we say the church, we can't just refer to the American church. Like that, the church is global now. It, it's, you know, obviously there's, you know, I love there's ministries and organizations like dedicated to unreached people groups, mm-hmm. like completely unreached, not even the, not any sort of biblical writing in their own language yet. There's, there's still dedication to that. Like and I think there's certain ministries that are trying to knock that out by 2030. Every language has the Bible. Like, isn't isn't that your brother? My brother? No, it's not my brother. But oh, okay, <laughs> that'd be cool. I thought your brother Josh. was like in a, like like translating the Bible into a dude. That'd be uh, yeah, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be a true miracle. Okay, <laughs> I think there's somebody else. That'd be really cool though. Why I not? know somebody whose brother like that's what they did. They're like, I pick like that that one out of the six thousand, yeah. however many like languages and like. Anyway, that's amazing. I, I love that. Yeah. But my, my point's like the church is so global. So it's hard. Like, obviously, I think you see the power of the spirit in different parts of the globe and in powerful, tangible ways where yeah. we hear these stories of resurrection. You hear these stories of Jesus appearing in a dream. You hear these stories of someone shared the gospel in their language, but everyone heard it in their language. I mean, you like we know personally people who've been a part of that and experienced that. And I think in America, we're going, hey, like where where is the spirit? And I don't think it means that he's not obviously with the American church. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to say that he, but at the same time, like when you read a Tozer type and you see kind of all the things they're almost like prophesying over the American church, like yeah. we're going to head down a direction where, oh my gosh, there's this classic quote from Tozer. He goes, if the Holy spirit were to part today from the church, 95% of the church would carry on as normal. And no one would even notice. Like that's a, that's a terrifying thought. Like yeah. I even think about that for me, like would people notice if the Holy Spirit, in a sense, departed from our church, like the power, the work of the Spirit, could we just do this in our flesh? That is such a terrifying thought because we have it down, man. There's like conferences or like, this is how you do church. This yeah. is how you get people to respond to the gospel. It's like, it's such a science to them. And, I, and I've sat in those and you sit there and go, gosh, like, it's sad that they've almost like taken it like data that you would from some sort of big company. And like, here is the, here's what will get you there. And it's like, not the spirit. It's not prayer. It's not, um, just either brokenness or love or evangelism or like the essentials that Jesus has given us or left us with, or just the person. It's just like, Hey, here's what you can do to grow your church. It's, it's kind of terrifying. Um, It's it's a really tough pill to swallow. Yeah. What I think is true, which is that, 
to like in a systemic way the American church is getting a lot of things wrong like it like yeah unpack that unpack that please okay. like I like like um I don't think that it's a coincidence that that all that that what you just said is true that like we we're like really good at doing church mm-hmm. um but people like the the I mean I, I always go back to this, but like looking at the actual data on like the level of like pornography mm. consumption mm-hmm. or like looking at the divorce rates mm-hmm. that exist, which are basically the same inside the church. I'm doing air yeah, quotes yeah. as opposed to, you know, um, in the world, in like, the world. And it's just like, where's the difference? We're saying like, where's the power? Like, yeah. There's something that's not real there. Yeah. There's something that's in name only. There's something that's not real. Like when, and, and I'm not saying like, all American Christians aren't real Christians, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying there are real Christians. There is a remnant. But I I really do think that there's a lot of wolves in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of counterfeit stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of, like, Christ-haunted, mm-hmm. like, religious... I don't even know how to say it. Like, like r- residue. Like, there's a residue of a time when, like, your grandpa was actually, like like laying down his like love yeah. jesus laying down his life and it's like you, people are like born into that they think that they're christian like mm-hmm. like you can be german like it's a mm-hmm. hereditary thing that mm-hmm. you just get from life and it's like no like and so the, the like from from the time that i spent which is not that much three months only and but in africa yeah the number one thing that i would say that that like stood out to me is different mm. is like desperate yes the african church is desperate for god they are so desperate for god they Mm. want the lord Mm -hmm. so bad Mm -hmm. and they pray to god for everything that they need in life they Mm -hmm. pray to god for food they pray to god for shelter they 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 actually i mean i'm not saying no as if it's all the same but my no i know what you mean village after village after pastor after pastor place after place that was a unifying thread that that i experienced which is which was like gosh i am i feel like i have like i'm playing games i know i I I feel like i'm like just detached with the level of like seriousness with with which you take prayer yes like if you have a problem you pray about Mm -hmm. it if you have a longing you pray about like Mm. like they they, these people like wake up in the morning and for like an hour before they do Mm. anything else they're just like they're just on their knees, just yeah. like talking to God, praying to God. They're going to the prayer closet. They're just crying out and they just want to know the Lord. The pastors, multiple of the pastors that I became friends with there would literally go to the mountaintop mm-hmm. for three days out of mm-hmm. the week to get their sermon from the Lord. They're like, yeah, Monday I climb up the mountain. The back half of Monday I'm there. It's just me and God. Tuesday I'm still there. And it's like getting really, really rich by Tuesday. And basically by Wednesday I'm coming back down and like I have my sermon for that next Sunday. No, like, can I stop you? Because I'm yeah. not. I don't know, try to be skeptical. Because I'm like so on board with what you're saying. Like I'm agreeing. Like <laughs> and I, I, I'm, I'm curious. When I hear that, part of me is like, do they have kids? Do they have a wife? You know what I mean? I'm not trying to like. And there is there is. And maybe they maybe they do. I don't know. Sorry. No, I, and that's maybe. a totally. That, like, there's a extent to which you can glorify that in a weird way. Right? Yeah, yeah. And like, um, and those, I'm not trying to like call you out on that. I'm just trying to like, when I hear that, I go, man, like I think that's beautiful. That like, partic- my heart longs for that. That and then particular I'm like, pastor that I that I'm 
telling in that situation actually did not at okay. that time he actually <laughs> wasn't married okay that's, that makes sense to me sorry okay. i hear that i'm like if i tell my wife like hey babe i'm gonna go <laughs> uh, i'm gonna go to trash mountain here in florida and like get away and seek the lord she's like uh no you're not you're gonna anywhere yeah yeah no and and, and again like I, i'm not glorifying the more, i know what you mean. yeah well i, I kind of was glorifying the more radical behaviors only because i think that they the, would the hunger the hunger people a lot of good honestly like you're right i think the desperation is great at putting it and like, I think we can be desperate here, like, yes. but it's, it's hard when external things are all being met. And like, you know, I think we've had similar experiences, like the beauty that I saw in the El Salvadorian church or the Haitian church. Like, and now again, it's not that I see every church in those countries. And I, no, there's, I've been to churches in America that are beautiful reflections of the body of Christ. So it's not saying that's absent here, yes. but you see that you see the hunger there. Or like when you see, let's say, for example, we had like a VBS in Haiti and we provided, you know, crafts or something. And you see the excitement, like, oh, yeah. we actually have crafts. Like, thank you for bringing it. And it's almost like they treat like the littlest things like answer to prayers. Mm -hmm. And for us, it's like, yeah, we have just like, we have paper we printed out. It's easy. Like, it's not any real money to us, not any real sweat to us. And for them, it's like, wow, this is so cool. We actually get to teach our kids in like a cool, tangible way that they, we haven't had. And it's weird when you go, wow. So there's also like, we just, the reality of like being overly, our sensors are just, our senses are just like heightened because we have everything. We have taste, touch, feels, not like, you know, yes. the classic kids ministry has everything to offer. And we have like little stations for the diaper. Like we have everything and that's beautiful. I think that's good. And that's not necessarily wrong, but it's hard when you get, you start to view church as like a consumer versus like a, a part of the body of Christ. And I, I'm part of the solution. I'm here to help advance the kingdom of God. And I think because we want to cater to needs, which I think is good, you become like, what does the customer want? And I think the church can do that. And that's yeah. that's where I think churches have to watch out. And I think that's even the body of Christ to watch out, which is, am I going for a community that can give me the best fill in the blank for my kids or the best worship or the best, or am I going to go to a place that's going to be a community that's going to help form me into the image of Jesus through, through what he's given us, through prayer, through the disciplines, through grace, through his word, like, it, it, so I, I think sometimes we even choose our churches based off preferences that are not necessarily, that's, that's the burden to me. It's not spiritual preferences. It's just like material preferences or, um, personal preferences. Like I would like a church that can meet this need. And it's like, okay, I get that. I'm not even against that. Cause by no means am I saying big churches have it all wrong. I don't even want that to come across because they have every, they have all their ducks in a row and they have a CFO and that's not wrong because mm -hmm. that can also be helpful. Yeah. But again, I think we got to be careful of am I trying to either create something for the consumer or like the person's going, or I'm, I'm trying to meet what I want. And when versus sometimes like, Hey, I want to create an atmosphere of, of, of discipleship. I want to create an environment where people are going to be hungry for God. So, um, you know, and then I hope that the person who's looking for a church is like, I'm looking for a church that will meet those spiritual needs not just the material or, or personal preference kind of needs. I don't know if that's making sense, but totally. I think it goes both ways because like, we can blame leadership or we can blame the person. Like I think yeah. that, I think it's Tozer or uh, was it maybe like Ravenhill who brought up this idea? He's like, is the problem in the pulpit or in the pews? And he's like, yes. Like, yeah. I, and it can almost be both where the pulpit can create the problem at times, or maybe the pews create something where the pulpit thinks they need to respond a certain way. And yeah. I don't know if that making sense of pew versus pulpit. Yeah. You know totally. what I mean? I don't know if that's even. <laughs> no, it, it totally, it totally is. I, 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 um, a pew, by the way, is like a bench where people sit. It's like the church. I mean, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Everyone's like, what a the heck? A pew is this long wooden bench that <laughs> yeah, yeah. break your back. It's the person, yeah. Um, being being totally honest, I, I feel like... Um, I'm trying to think of how to say it. I, I basically just think that... We, like... 
the reality of God is not as, for whatever reason, it just doesn't seem as presently desirable in like the American church at it's a problem. Like, like, like. Let, let me put it this way. I, I wasn't phrasing that very well. Let no, me, but let me put it this way. Like, we are, we 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 basically want to have our cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. Like, we we want to be able to have the perfect schedule <laughs> where we have the Netflix there and we and we do that there and we like we basically live our lives for us. Yeah. And and we and we optimize everything for our maximum enjoyment, mm-hmm. and then when that plan fails and things start to go bad, and we hit some bumps in the road, then we have God there for us when when like the kingdom that we're building or like the mm-hmm. the thing that we're setting ourselves toward, like when it goes bad, and it's like oh I can't do this, this isn't working out, like this isn't yeah. working, we're like oh, okay God, like help me. Yeah. It, as opposed to like, I, 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 what I'm saying is like, we have this, we have that privilege. We, we actually can get away with ignoring God for a time mm. and meeting our basic needs and even meeting our social needs, mm-hmm. even meeting our entertainment needs, even meeting our, we can meet a lot of needs in America in 2022 without God. And it's actually scary because it's a big trick. Because like the the real deep longings of our heart and the things mm-hmm. that we actually need, like we'll only ever really be able to feast on God. Mm-hmm. But there's this illusion that yeah. I feel like can last long enough to be incredibly dangerous. I don't mm-hmm. even know. Maybe it can even last your whole lifetime. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like it's that sense of what do I really need God for again? Yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't feel that it doesn't really feel like I need that much from God mm-hmm. in my life. Like I'm able to manage. And, and again, I, I could be projecting on no. a lot of different people, but I, I think that that's a big problem. Mm. Like, like God, God reaches into people's hearts and lives through pain, through suffering, through um, mm. just an awareness of that. Like we need help. And like, we, um, like we call out, like people call out to God. Like think about nine eleven. Yeah, I, yeah. What that did, yeah. That's like when you're like, okay, this it's actually getting real. Sure. Like, like is there a God up there? Like, yeah. Like we we need an answer bigger than our own solutions. And how basically. fast did we forget? And how fast did it actually po- kind of point us the opposite direction? It's funny. I, I have memories of that week at church. Right, I was like thirteen, but I remember I totally remember our church being packed out. Yeah. Um like crazy packed out. I'm like, we're like, oh, mom, like what happened? She's like, well, people come to church and this tragedy. And I remember like her saying that I'm like, what the heck, you yeah. know? And, um, and, it, and then we forget, we, we forget so easily. I mean, we're 20 years past that and here we are like still forgetting and we're so for, further away. Um, but I, sorry, I, I agree with what you're saying. It's sad that it feels like God is plan B in the American Christian that's life. A, that's a good way to put it. Um, where it's like, we're, rather than actively participating in the kingdom of God as like ambassadors for Christ and, looking at the role God has given all of us, we have some role in the body of Christ and we fit somewhere. And, you know, we, there maybe is an element where we're equipping or we're being equipped. We're all doing the ministry, the ministries of reconciling the lost to God. Like Paul talks about in second Corinthians five, like this ministry of reconciliation, like we're all called to this, or sometimes we'll like let the professionals do it like the church do. And you forget like, no, that was never God's intention. This is supposed to be like 
more of like a boot camp military train. Like I hate to say military because it always sounds super radicalized, but yeah. the idea though, like training ground to go. Like yeah. we're gonna we're gonna do like a, a master class. I'm gonna do it with you, and then you're gonna go do it, and then you're gonna raise someone else and do it with them. You know, yeah. And just continuing that, and it sounds so foreign, or it sounds like we can now even. I've seen churches do this so well, but because we have really good organization now, and we have the best leadership structures and like hierarchies, we almost forget that there's this this active day-to-day relationship we need with the, the spirit of God. And, um, that, like that phrase, like I'm a leaky vessel, right. And it's yeah. like, I need to be just like filled again and again and again. And I can be like Peter and forget, or I can, I can, you know, act in my flesh in times in ministry and I still need to be filled again and again. So, cause this does bring up questions. Like even though those guys we see in acts and those, we see them filled with the Holy spirit, mm-hmm. but it, obviously it appeared that they needed him again and again. It's not like, okay, I was filled with the spirit. Like Brandon, like you said, like 19 years old Mm -hmm. that happened. And now here in my thirties and I'm good. Like, no, we still need him. Um, It's funny. I think of, but I think of this, I I remember man, for me, like a similar experience, what you described. Cause I I think it's worth noting. Mm -hmm. Cause I think when you're kind of like on the fence of like, you're kind of, maybe you grew up in it. You're like, okay, how am I used by God? I remember um, I went to Oregon with a buddy of mine and it was like, um, I was working at the gym at a time. At the time, I was 18 years old. Like, what am I doing with my life, right? Like, I thought I took a year off from like college because I wanted to play basketball. That didn't work out. So, anyways, I took a year off and worked at the gym, and I had no idea. I'm like, do I go back to college? Do I play basketball? What do I do? And so my buddy and I were like, you know what? Let's just go to this this um, church for a week in Oregon and just seek the Lord. And so we did that. I'm 18. I actually quit my job, go to Oregon. Wow. We're like, for a week. We're like, let's just see what the Lord's going to do. I think it was like February. And it's so cool, dude. It's, 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 I, I'll tell you about it. It's just like the most beautiful church. Like I, It's called Applegate Fellowship, whatever. Mm. But it's just like this church, they have little cottages on a hill and it's like gorgeous. You can stay wow. there for like 15 bucks a night or something back then. It was amazing. And so it's like, and there's nothing, nothing in there. There's no TV. It's just like a little cottage, you know? So you go there, we're in our Bible. It's like every morning they had worship from like um, 6 to 7.15 a.m. So every morning we're waking up, going to like walking down the little hill, going to the worship center, worshiping. Anyways, we met with the pastor like one of our last days. And there's a guy I was like longing to have a conversation with, look up to, really respect. And so for like four hours, we sat with him. From like, I remember like after the worship thing was over, we went to his office like 7.30 or 8. Mm-hmm. And we just asked him questions till about like lunchtime. It's like noon. I don't know why this guy was so patient with me and this other guy. Like, you know, we're just like 18. Like, what is God doing? What, what's his will for our life? Yeah. We had Bible questions, like things that frustrated us about the Bible that we had questions about. Yeah. And this guy was just so patient, man, like answer them. Wow. And, and at the end of all of this, he's, I just remember he's like, I love today's conversations. I love your hearts. I loved everything about this. However, it just seems like you're missing one thing. Mm-hmm. And we're like, what is that? And he's like, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and we're like, okay. He's like, can I just pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit? Wow. And I remember he just prayed just a, you know, a simple, beautiful prayer mm-hmm. that we'd have, that we'd receive the Spirit. Like the disciples did that day where Jesus said, receive the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And you breathe on them. And then you see obviously what happened in Acts later. But I just remember him just like, receive it. And I remember like, even then, I'm like, before you pray, I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> I'm like, there's just so many questions, you know, like, yeah. well, how do I do that? Right. And he's like, well, how do you receive the free gift of salvation in Jesus? Hmm. I'm like, by faith. He's like, yeah, that's how you receive the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, it was, I don't know, it's just so simple and profound, right? And I, I know that this can almost be, because I want to talk about this, because I think people ask, well, how do I receive the Spirit? And it's like, well, how did you receive salvation? Hmm. You know, and it, it's like, as, because what does it say in John 1? As many as received him, to them they get, he gave the right to be called children of God. Mm-hmm. So you receive, you just receive Jesus. I just received, it's a gift. Yeah. Salvation is a gift, right? Romans 6, it's a gift. Yeah. So I receive it. And he's like, well, how do you receive the spirit? Mm-hmm. And the whole thing was like, it's a gift, just receive it. Mm-hmm. And for, for some reason, it was so hard for me. Like I could re- understand that with salvation in Jesus. I'm like, okay, I can get that. Like that was beautiful to me. That was like enough. 
But then the thought of like, but really, but isn't the spirit like, I have to be like really, like that's different. Like I have to be really set apart. It's like the same way you receive Jesus, the same way you receive the spirit. Mm. And that was just so simple, profound to me. So anyways, I remember he prayed for us. And it's one of those things he's like, now just go and tell people about Jesus. <laughs> and that's what we did. We started Tuesday night Bible study, Saturday night Bible study. And we started like, it was just so cool. And it's not about the Bible study. So that guy really like. Oh, it was like, so profound to me. Wow. It was such a meaningful moment at, at, I think I was 18 still. Did you, did the Holy Spirit enter your life, so, your heart at that time? I believe I received the Spirit of God and I don't know what, it's hard, man. Like I did not speak in tongues. Like, like let's just go there. Like I did not speak in tongues in that moment. I just remember by faith, I'm like, I received the spirit. I remember like walking out of there, like, I believe this, I believe I received the spirit in, a, in, in this, in the way I've read about, I believe I've, re I've received him. Were you incredibly jazzed in that moment? It was not as emotional as I, for me at okay. that moment. Yeah. It was just like this, it was almost like this, um, it felt probably like Romans eight, like kind of like this, his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're okay. something. Like, and it wasn't salvation. It was just very like a, Hey, I'm with you. Stop fearing, go. Yeah. I've already, I've already called you. I felt like, cause I was like, I felt like I was waiting for someone to say, and now go. Yeah. And, and that was kind of that, but it was almost like this, Hey, do you know that? Like what Jesus did and said is enough, like that go receive. And so anyways, even going back to like Luke 11, it, this is what he was like really showing us. Cause in Luke 11, basically you see Jesus talking about prayer and the Holy spirit. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's giving the whole analogy. If a son asks for an egg, or is he gonna get right. a you know scorpion? Well, like that. Don't rush over that. That's a good stuff. Right no, I know, right? This that I mean that section. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, you know, he basically Jesus is giving the analogy of like prayer and just saying, hey, um, whatever you ask for, you have a Father who wants to give you good things. And so Jesus uses that to say, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those of you who ask? Yep. And it's crazy because I feel like that analogy, by the way, is used for like. If you want something, ask God will give it to you. That whole analogy was used to say, ask for the spirit. Yeah. The, the good thing, if you ask for good things, he'll give yeah. it. The good thing is the spirit. Yeah. So that's like what Luke 11 is saying, mm -hmm. or Jesus is saying in Luke 11. Like the good things you want in life, yeah. how much more your Holy Father will give you the Holy Spirit. So he connects, Jesus connects the good things to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Which is so profound. And yeah. then he's going, okay, and he wants to give it to you. And I just remember it's like, does, is God going, ah, ah, the Holy Spirit's reserved for like, yeah. This elite that you're not there, like, because no one feels like they're ready to be filled with power from on high, like what you described. Yeah. But then when you realize you have a father who's like, I want to. Now, I believe that could involve waiting. That could involve tearing. Like you said, tearing yeah. drew some weight. Yeah. I believe that was our mountain thing in, in Oregon. Is like we were seven days on a mountain just alone with us and our Bible and the Lord. Like, yeah. and just literally like not a lot to do in the area. And you're just like kind of like, okay, I'm just going to like pray and seek and fast. And mm -hmm. it was such a sweet time. And I think all of it was kind of just like the Lord had to use some private time stuff. He had to use some worship stuff at 6 a.m. He had to use that conversation. That The Lord was like using all of that. Like, I don't know if I can really pinpoint it. It's just like that week alone was such a refreshing, beautiful week. And then when we got back home, it's like, we just were like going, like we gotta, we gotta go. And in some ways you're like, well, who are you at 18? Like in some ways you're right. Like who was I? Nobody. But it's almost at the same time, you know, think about, I remember how freeing this was. <laughs> if I walk into any store, any Walmart, yeah, even at 18 at that point, even though I was like a knucklehead and knew nothing. But if I walk into any store in California, I, I knew more about God than 99% of the people in that in, a, in any building I walk into. And that's just not me. I'm saying that's any Christian. Yeah. Like think about those Christians, like anyone listening to this, if yeah. you've been around Jesus or the faith for a couple of years and you've studied yeah. the Bible, you read it, maybe you read it on an ongoing basis. Mm -hmm. You know that like what you have something to offer. Yeah. And I always think it's like, well, I don't know enough. It's like, that's a, that's a terrible cop out. It's a terrible yeah. lie. That's such there's, a good point. There's so much there. Sorry. Yeah. I, I want to just piggyback on that for a second. 
to say that when I was in college, and I, th this is the, this is, I'm actually ha so happy that you said that, because this is the other thing I was going to mention, that like, how, how do you know that it's not just emotions, how do you mm -hmm. know it's the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. is I, like, for the first time ever, had this desire to, like, introduce people to God. Yes, yeah. Like, like the Holy Spirit will motivate you to want to share Jesus with people. Hmm. Like that's what he does. Mm -hmm. and, and for the first time I was like literally just like going down to like the public library and down to West Palm <laughs> Beach. And I ended up talking to this like crazy Satanist guy who yeah. had this cigarette. He's like, I can put this, you know, right through your cheek and like all this crazy <laughs> stuff. And I was like, wow, this is like so like demonic and like insane yeah. all of a sudden. But I was so happy. And like there was, there was, I could tell about a ton of sure. stories. But basically like for, for like in particular, like that first like six month to year long period of time, I, in like a unusually heightened way mm. was just like, it's like, like I said, I've been a Christian since I was six, but I yeah. was like praying for, like, I was just very, very like active and on mission, e even in a way that I'm like, Oh, like that, what's going on? Mm. Like, why am I not oh, you miss that. as, as much now, you know? Yeah. But, but my point is that, um, the joy that is received when doing the work of God yeah. is unlike anything else. There's no, there's no doubt when, about that. When, when you feel like the satisfaction of the Holy Spirit being like, yes, you followed through. Like yes. I, I like, I like whispered to you to go talk to that person and you like did it. Mm -hmm. And like something really beautiful happened. Like you prayed for that person and like, they basically were touched by God through your, obedience mm -hmm. to me in that moment and like just that like that that is like the ultimate like yeah it, so i would even say like this like if you like i would say if, if the this whole conversation about the holy spirit is like yes. foreign to somebody the first thing is like I, the first thing i would say is like what's your relationship to sin mm. and like you need to repent mm. like you need to like really like ask god to convict you of sin and then repent of that sin but then the next thing I would say, if you're like, well, I have done that. I'm like actually good at repenting. Yeah. It is like, like begin to do the works of the kingdom. That's so like good. Begin to like obey God by preaching the gospel to every nation. Mm. Kind of try to begin to like testify, begin to get out of your comfort zone, begin to like, to like love your neighbor and like pray for people mm -hmm. and even start to like, just look around. And like, I, by, again, by no means, like I'm, I'm very hypocritical sure. in this way. Cause like I fail often, but I do know that when I am in tune with the spirit mm -hmm. in a way where I'm like this person, like I need to go talk to this person yeah. over here and like God is calling me to do that. And then I do it. And, mm -hmm. it's, and I was like, wow, that went really, really good. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like I left a little pebble in that person's shoe as they walked away <laughs> and they're considering the, their worldview differently or like that, that person needed like just literally to feel a hand on their shoulder and like somebody praying for them and yeah. just saying that like, your life is not an accident. Like you were created by God. Mm -hmm. God loves you. You're not a mistake. Like mm -hmm. some, something like that with like a homeless person, just there's so many different sure. ways that the spirit can move. Mm -hmm. But when you actually step out and are like, this is weird mm -hmm. because like it's being very intentional yeah. and our culture is afraid of like proselytizing oh my and gosh. all these intentional naughty, naughty things that Bro. we ought never to do. But when you do <laughs> them, you're like, that is the joy of the Lord. Yeah. That is my strength. I, I'm like, I, I, it's a weird word to say, but like you get addicted to that. Like, um, like, yes, God, like we're working together. Like, mm -hmm. like, like it's so amazing. But I think people go through life, not, not living for what they're created for 
and it's miserable. So I think when you kind of go through life and you're never used the way God made you to be used, I think that's why we see so much anxiety, so much depression. I, I think there's some of the thoughts to me is like, when you actually do get to be used for what you're created for, like there's something really beautiful, like, oh my, I got to participate in what God made me for. Yeah. And I think that when when you when your whole life is you and you're living for your world, you're seeking first your kingdom. Yes, it's such a miserable place because you are a terrible God, and I'm a terrible God, and I'm a terrible master. And my I'm I'm a master who's never happy, and I'm a master who's never satisfied. So when I do something I want, I want more, and I'm not happy. And it's like, and I think when you serve, like actually, I get to be used by God to serve God for His glory for His kingdom. You're like, I get to actually be the tool and say, like, I actually get to be what I was created for. Like, so if a hammer is made, but it's never used to like nail in a nail, it's like, it's never used for its purpose. It's like, if a, sa- if a hammer could have emotions, it'd be sad, <laughs> right? And here we are like made for a purpose, but we, and we have these emotions and if we don't ever get to be used for what we're made for, I can understand why we're like depressed and why we're like living a certain way. It's such a weird thing. So it's, it is so free when you get to be used by, by the Lord in that way. So almost we're like go back in some ways too. You said something that was interesting to me. So, so I do think in some ways there are some people possibly listening or will listen that it's like maybe before you seek power from on high, like Acts 2, maybe you need to be born again. Oh, right? yeah. And that could be all in one, by the way. Yeah. You see that right in the book of Acts where they got born again and used by God. But what I'm trying to say is like, isn't that interesting in John 20 when Jesus looks at the disciples and says, receive the Holy Spirit, then he blows on them. Have you read, like in John 20, I'm sure you've read that. It's, a, it's amazing. That That's so interesting to me. He actually does. He, it says that John, he, he says, it's after his resurrection. He says, receive the Holy spirit and he breathes on them wow. right now. Here's what's interesting. Then according to Luke 24, he says, wait in Jerusalem for the Holy spirit. Hmm. So I, I think there's a side of it where like, that's where they receive the Holy, the Holy spirit lives and dwells in them. And then the Holy spirit needs to come upon them. So that's what I wanted to ask you because Sorry, your, your, your testimony. Also, I, I know you have a thought You're, you were going somewhere with that. So. Oh yeah. But it's, yeah, well, okay. it's okay. Interrupt. You, can, you continue your, your thing, but let me, what I wanted to say. So let's get to this after your thing. Okay. As a parenthesis, <laughs> we're getting to next. Yeah. I want to understand your experience and how that has informed your theology about like being born again versus like receiving the Holy Spirit. Cause we're kind of sure that those can happen separately. And like that raises questions for me, but what were you about to say? But, well, and I also think, yeah, I said, you know, how you said your experience and how does that form your theology? Obviously my hope is this, my theology that forms my experience, totally. but I know what you mean. Like it's, it's bizarre. So we can get to that. I guess what I want to get at is like, I love this in scripture. You see in John 14 through 16, this really interesting prepositions Jesus uses for the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've like heard this. He is with you, Jesus said. He will be in you, mm-hmm. and he will come upon you. Wow. So with, in, and upon. I believe, truly, John 16, Jesus, the Holy Spirit is with the world. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're Christian or non-Christian. I believe he's with the world. John mm-hmm. 16, he's convicting the world of sin, yeah. of yeah. righteousness, and of judgment. And he says, of sin because they don't believe in me. So right now, the Holy Spirit is convicting the world of sin. What is the sin, singular, that they don't believe in Jesus? So I truly like, believe in some way, and, so, and I don't know, and maybe what you said, maybe they're numb to it, maybe their heart is completely hard, mm-hmm. but I do believe that the Holy Spirit is with the world with them, convicting them of sin. I believe when you believe in, in Jesus and receive Jesus, like what Jesus did in John 20, I believe the Holy Spirit dwelt in them. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, like salvation, essentially, yeah. essentially, right? And then the Holy Spirit came upon them because he even says, and wait for the Spirit in Luke 24, mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Mm-hmm. And so then Luke, the same author, writes Acts, and he's like, this is where he came upon them. 
right? Mm-hmm. The, so the Holy Spirit of God came upon them. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's this with, in, and upon. And then I, I do think it's, um, I, 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 this is really interesting too. There's like a counter to those. So in the book of Acts, when Stephen is preaching the gospel to the Jews in Acts 7, right before he's stoned to death, mm-hmm. he says how you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. Mm-hmm. So I believe just like the Holy Spirit's with the world, he can be resisted. Yeah. I believe you're born again and saved. I believe you can grieve and sin against the Holy Spirit. You can, you can grieve the Spirit. Yeah. And I think anyone who has a spirit in them, and then when the Holy Spirit's upon you, you can quench the Spirit. Yeah. So almost like in a synonymous way, like he's with, in, upon, mm-hmm. he can be resisted, grieved, and quenched. And I think in that similar way, you can like respond negatively to all those, to your relationship with the spirit of God in you. And, and the difference sorry. between in and upon is what again? So I'd say in is the salvation. You know, you're sealed by the spirit. He lives and dwells in you. Mm-hmm. I think there's so many, I mean, Corinthians is full with that too, right? Like he dwells in your body, mm-hmm. salvation. You know, you are bought at a price. Mm-hmm. You know, the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you. So there's the idea of he's in you. Mm-hmm. But then there's the idea that like, you're clothed with power from on high. That's the upon. Okay. That's also, I'd say, maybe baptized in the Spirit. Or what other kind of similar synonyms are used that way? Yeah. Uh, I would say that's where that, that filling yeah. comes in. Yeah. It's the upon. It's the clothing from on high. Is, How- it the, is it the, like, the fuel component like in other words is it what the christian engine runs on is that what you're saying i mean it should right but i mean i mean like in is just like my in is like justified basically positionally yes yes identity like i'm in christ yes absolutely thank you jesus like i'm getting to work and it's my like gasoline to get to yeah. Like well, what you said, right? You sh- you said as soon as you received the Spirit, like you wanted to share that joy, and that's yeah. what he, that's what that's what basically Luke says and Jesus says. Yeah. You know, he's saying, um, "You shall be my witnesses." When yeah. you receive the Holy Spirit, you're you're gonna be a witness. Like what I love about that is not you receive the Spirit now go go witness. I think for like me as a young kid is like, "Hey, go evangelize," <laughs> and like that's like the worst thing. You're like what? I know. That's like the worst thing you could hear. And, and the thought is like, no, no, but when you've really, when you've tasted and seen the Lord is good, when you've experienced Christ, it's like, you don't have to tell someone to do that. Yeah. Right. It's like, you shall be, you yeah. shall be. And I think, I think that is a difference. I think it's hard because you, so we kind of get the cart from the horse sometimes where it's like, we really want to, we want people like, go make disciples, go. And they're absolutely right. Go. Yeah. But like, first of all, like someone's not a disciple. I like know. I got to be a disciple. That is <laughs> you such know? a good point. Um, like like that, that, that's such a good point. That that's why like in our like the first episode, it's our gospel. That's why I kept going back to like, like yes, like there's like there's um, there is uh the the Jesus way. Like what, you you asked me some question that was like just like distinguishing between two things, like the yeah. Jesus way and the way of Jesus. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And I was like, we could like I am so hesitant mm. to like start talking about the doing, even though it's totally totally essential Mm -hmm. it's not negotiable like it must happen like the works of the kingdom must happen righteousness must be lived out like it's Mm non-negotiable but i do i'm so like hesitant to like if i'm not sure that someone has the spirit Mm -hmm. to start talking about some of that yeah do you know what i mean i know yeah it very quickly can become like that checklist thing. And it, it's absolutely. Like, it goes but, back to the law in a different way. It goes, yeah. The, the, the biggest thing that I think about is that idea of um, like, like alignment, like the Holy Spirit aligns your desires in a different way mm-hmm. where you actually start to desire mm-hmm. 
good things. Yeah. Like your flesh does it. Like, no, I agree. Like your your flesh basically like hates God. It only desires. It flesh wants more flesh. Yeah. And but when the Holy Spirit, it's like all of a sudden you're like, wow, I like want to read my Bible. Yeah. yeah. This is weird. Mm-hmm. Like I I actually want to like do good. Like yeah. I, I want to like bless somebody. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's like where is that coming from? That's mm-hmm. that's so weird. And I really think that that's the Holy Spirit. And, I mean, I think this there's obviously do goodism that exists in different world religions. Yeah. But I think that like a desire for holiness, a sensitivity to sin. Like, I, I, I don't think that that just manifests out of the flesh. And if, 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 if someone ends up getting around to the behavior that might look like it was done by the spirit, I yeah. think it was probably done by pride. Yeah. 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 Of course. I can see that Pharisees, right? Yeah. You can desire holiness for the sake of appearance sake. Yeah. Right. Right. So I agree with you though, what your the overall idea, like the, the hunger and desire and the craving comes from, from the Holy Spirit. It's, it's bizarre though, right? Too, because sometimes I don't know, it's like if I was, if I was talking to my son or if I was talking to like someone younger in the faith, I think there's a side of it too, where it's almost like, how do you explain this? I think sometimes by simply obeying, you experience the spirit of God. So sometimes you yeah. might not ever feel it or hunger it or crave it, but sometimes like just do it and watch God show up. Take it, take it, make it. Not even that, right? <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, it's like not really that. It's going like God has called you to obedience. And sometimes in the obedience, you encounter the spirit of God. Like, and sometimes again, like, I don't know, we, we try to pinpoint like, okay, when did the spirit come upon you? How like, I don't, sometimes I just look and go, I don't know, like, yeah. Was it, I be, I, did I find like, you know what? I don't want to, but I will, I will obey you, Jesus. And as I obey, I go, whoa, look how God showed up. Maybe yeah. will I get the hunger and desire first and then I do it. Maybe like, I, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Cause I want, yeah. I hate the idea of just like Pharisees. I'm like, fake it till you make it. I don't want that either. But yeah. I think the idea of like, you know what, Lord, um, I'm going to choose this path of obedience and the obedience is saying, deny my flesh, pick up the cross, follow you. Okay. If I, as I do that, I feel like some, that's sometimes where God shows up is like, yes, you yeah, obeyed when you didn't true. want to, you obeyed when it's hard. Yeah. So it's such a bizarre thing. And by the way, I'm sorry, I have to go back. I'm going to go back too far. Cause I want to go back to what you just said. <laughs> Let's go back three different times in three different ways. I know, we're but, like, I'm lost. but know, know what I love about you said of like, sometimes we just need to, well, obviously we need, it's not about doing and we need to experience the person of Jesus and the cross yeah. should amaze us. And yeah. there should be this like beauty of there. And that's, that's what I want to get to is I remember, I don't know if you like know the idea of like in Le- Leviticus where it talks about how they would separate the priests and the blood and the oil. Do you remember what they would do? Mm-hmm. I always thought it was so interesting. They would take the blood of a sacrifice and they, they would apply it to the priest's oh, earlobe. Yes. Do you remember his, his, his right earlobe, his yeah. right thumb, his right big toe. Yes. And, and then they would apply the oil to the same spots. Now, I just find that really interesting, right? Because I think the idea is like, whether it's your ears, like God might, I want to hear, faith comes by hearing, by hearing the word. I want to hear from you. I want to follow your ways. My ears are attendant to you, God. My thumb, it's like my hand. I want to serve you, my my, my, my hands, wherever I, I want to give my life to you. My feet, like wherever I go, I'm going to preach the gospel. It was like, you know, the ear, the right thumb, the right toe. And then, so you did it with blood and then they did it with oil. And I just feel like that's Jesus and the spirit. Right. It's this idea of like, so I need to be born again. I need to experience the blood of the lamb, the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sins? Like I need to be, I need to be, it needs to be blood first. It's applied. And then the oil would go on top. And I just love that. I love that picture of just That's like, Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's very late when we film this podcast, but yeah, I just no, think no, so. No, I'm saying like that is, I've never, I've never understood the meaning of, that part in Leviticus, I was always like, huh. Yeah, yeah. That was weird. That's weird. <laughs> and I literally never understood the meaning. And that is like so good. It's just Jesus and the spirit. And it's like, okay, the, the, the oil comes after. You know, it's the idea of like, 
and oil obviously being like a sanctifying kind of tool like you're set apart your ears yeah. are set apart you're you're and you need power from on high it's just it's like yes we have the blood of the lamb we have the sacrifice that was slain for us thank you god for that sacrifice but i also need i need your power i need your spirit it's psalm 133 right i think about the this aaron's head being anointed with oil and it dripping mm-hmm. down through his beard onto the body yeah and just idea of like god i need the, i need your spirit to like overflow like the head yeah. of jesus even to like we're the body of christ yeah. like i need the blood the, the oil to flow over to me and um I mean, there's so many beautiful things that I think we see in scriptures that are symbolic to the idea of salvation and then the spirit, like salvation and then the spirit of God come upon you. And, but what you described in the very beginning of this in Acts 19, like, have you received the spirit? We've not so much heard. Like, yeah, we got to like explore this more of our faith of who is he? What does he do? You talk, we didn't even get into like just the idea of the promptings of the spirit. Like, and that's a weird word because it's not like. But like the idea of like when you go, I feel like I need to do this and I don't want to do this or this is not, this is not Josiah Gray's flesh to go stop my car, do a U-turn and then go speak to that. Like, what is that? And and then when you don't, you just feel like that, not that shame, but just like, oh, I missed out on maybe a God moment. And um, so there are these moments. And I think that's where the spirits at work in our lives that I could say didn't happen until I believe like I received the spirit until I really received the spirit where There's like, give your money, do this. Well, I don't want to do that. You know, go, go share, go pray for this person who like is go, you can tell they're going through and you don't even know them. And those are those times where you've just sensed like, okay, Lord, like the, your spirit's up to something. I need to be in well, tune with it. So let me ask you this. Then. Okay. Are there, are there Christians who don't have the upon? Yeah. And if so, for how long? <laughs> I don't know. Can it's you forever? live your entire Christian life without the upon? I'm, I'm sure I'm sure there'll be a disagreements on this. I think you I think you can, but not successfully. Like okay. I definitely think there are people who can be born again by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God dwells in them. I mean, again, I I, I don't think well because the pawn is not something I think you have once. You know, it's funny when you read Ephesians five. It's really interesting when he says, "Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your hearts to the Lord." Yep. Right. So yep. Ephesians like five fifteen through eighteen yes. or whatever. Yep. When Paul writes that, he's he literally says it in like the, it's written in the way where it's like be being filled. Yeah. So he says it like continue to be filled. Yes. Like so, the idea is not like okay. Well, so what happens? Because your question is to me: Can someone be filled with the spirit once and then never? Like yeah, like obviously we need to constantly be filled. And there's times where right, Josiah Graves is not filled. Probably more often than not, yeah. you know, it's like so. I need to I need to constantly be being filled with the spirit. And yeah. so there's this constant go back to the to the well, you know, which, which makes like it makes it makes like the the walk the Christian life and like our walk with God like that much more dynamic and, mm. and, and like beautiful and interesting mm-hmm. because it's not, it's not just like, the, like I said, like a light switch that yes. just slipped. Yeah. And now we're Christians. So we're good. And we're good. And flip and we got the spirit and yeah. that's it. And or then like we, God used Brandon, you know, 10 years ago in Africa, like no, he still wants to use Brandon today. Right. Like exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's like, um, Yeah that idea of stale bread and like mm. fresh bread it's a man absolutely out of the oven, like, yes like right like seriously and, and um what i was gonna say is that create like it that's the dependency part that you mm. that like regardless of if you're like a ceo or whatever <laughs> yeah like like i really do believe that like the human spirit or like the human heart mm. um can really only like be sustained in that deepest way by God, by God's spirit. Mm -hmm. And it really is like eating Mm. where it's like, I can feel, 
I can tell that like um I need God basically. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and it's like I it's like coming back to God and being like I I like want I want you to like be with me mm-hmm. and fill my life mm-hmm. and like illuminate my mm-hmm. consciousness to understand who you are and like wow. I, I basically like just have that fundamental desire like and and to be honest like it's crazy how far you can go like you can you can have whatever you talk about these moments in Africa and also yeah. it's like wow and like I can look I can pinpoint different times it's like I think three or four months mm. or something went by I know. on I autopilot know. I know basically but like Isn't I that crazy like, I wasn't really being horrible but I really yeah. wasn't like fellowshipping with god and like, yeah yes like you're with me god like you like gosh you know you're rotting your staff come for me like you you're just like you know like, no, no we're yeah. together you mm-hmm. know what i mean mm-hmm. and i feel like the fact though that it is possible that like we can we can walk with god we can walk in step with the spirit of god and he's engineered us so that we know that we are mm. and that we know what we're not mm-hmm. and we actually desire. And again, like there's still something to be said about just obey. Mm-hmm. Sure. Do the right thing. Sure. Oh, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like sure. That is, yeah. That's John 15, right? I, you can't, I've, I've, I have talked to people where it's like, well, the emotions aren't there. It's like, oh, don't do that. You know, and, like, and I'm not, but I'm not even yeah, talking about the emotions. I'm just saying like, like absolutely do the right thing. Sure. But, sure, sure. but also like, I would say this, like, if you have never ever felt like you're mm. walking with God mm. or God's with you That's it. Yeah. or he's in it to win it with you or he loves you or like your teammates with God mm-hmm. in some way mm-hmm. or like or if there's just if it's like all theoretical, all abstract, all ideas, like something's wrong, mm-hmm. like so, something's incomplete. Mm-hmm. Like, like I really believe that. I, I don't think it's a personality thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a culture thing. I, I believe that human beings are meant to walk with God. That's such a good dude. I feel like that needs to be said again. It's not a personality thing. It's yeah. not like a, Oh, well that person just has it or they're like, no, there needs to be this filling, yes. right? There needs to be this daily, go back, go, go back to your source. Yes. You know, because you see like, you know, everyone who's like in the church knows spirit filled mm. people with all kinds of different personalities. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's such a good point. And, and it's, it's not, it's, it's like it manifests itself. Like the spirit manifests himself in different ways. Um, Dude, and you, but you say that, but I don't know if we do know that. Like, cause meaning sometimes we'll look at people who are like hyper personality, hyper uh, outgoing, but that person's filled the spirit. Yeah. Dude, I don't want to give a name. There's this guy at our church, What's his name? <laughs> but he's just so calm and uh, gentle and yes. loving and servant and kind. I and just like, maybe, I don't know. There's probably, <laughs> dude, there's so many of these actually, but just like, I'm like, what if the Holy Spirit's manifestation in him is just this beautiful, loving servant? Not He's not the star of the show. He's yeah. not taking all the attention to himself. Yes. Like sometimes the church is weird that way where it's like, oh, that guy's full, filled with the spirit. Like I why? Because he's loud? Like, no. Like, I know. It can, it can be so different. Sorry, it, but that's so good. I don't know if we always know. I'm just saying I don't know if we know that. No, that's a good point. Like, but but what, like, I, I've just noticed over time, like exactly what you said. Like all of a sudden someone's like, like uh, to be honest with you, any anytime that someone says like not just I'll be praying for you, <laughs> but actually like hey like like I've been praying for you guys mm. for like the past three months and like mm-hmm. my wife and I pray for you guys together. Well, Anything like that, I'm like mm-hmm. that is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not like that's not just this guy mm-hmm. like having a weird creepy like crush on us like that like that that is like God 
use it like putting mm. us on this guy's heart through his spirit it's and, cool and that and like you know what i mean yes and, and it's like i never would have known that mm. unless you told me that mm-hmm. but now i'm like i feel like incredibly blessed mm-hmm. by that and mm-hmm. i feel just like wow like god like thank you for putting mm-hmm. us on that guy's heart and thank you for him being obedient and doing that prayer and like mm-hmm. and thank you for him sharing and like the whole thing it's just wow. like i it's just really really cool when like the the um the body of Christ functions yes. how it should. Gosh. And and I really do feel like the glue of the body of Christ is the Holy Spirit because like all these different parts would not work <laughs> together and yeah. it would just wouldn't work. Yeah. But, like something like that you experience and you're like, wow, like that's mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's so cool. That's that's that that is such an extracurricular mm. beyond going to church and beyond reading your Bible. Like you're like something inside of you is motivating you day after day after day to pray for me. Yes. That's yeah. That is wow. God. Wow. Like that's God. That's so sweet. There is, you're right. There's there's different manifestations of the spirit, right? That's what Paul, like in 1 Corinthians 12 or Romans 12 or like Ephesians 4, potentially, like that, that there's all these passages where Paul's like, look at this expression of the spirit. Like, look at yeah. this manifestation of the spirit. And it appears so different. And I love that. So we're talking about we're really talking about the gifts of the spirit. And I'm just so thankful it's not the same gift. Yeah. I'm I'm very thankful there's like leading in a a spirit-filled way, or there's giving, like a generous person in a spirit-filled way, or like administration in a spirit-filled way. Like, isn't that so cool that those those giftings can be spirit-filled giftings? Mm -hmm. Like there's people who are administrative, but then there's like spirit-filled administrative, (laughs) you know? We're also Mm -hmm. meaning, I think that's associated with the character attached to it, with the fruit attached to it. Like I've met organized people who are like Nazis essentially, like they're just monsters. Like they're, you're organized, but you are like this, like, you know, it's just without love, without yes. peace, without gentleness, yeah. without like the, the, the fruit of the spirit. Right. And I feel like we haven't even got into some of the, like, it's, it's crazy. We're talking about the Holy spirit and it's like, just obviously he's God. So there's a sense where it's like, he's eternal and vast and infinite. And there's, there's so many ways to talk about the person of the spirit and his work in a life individually, the body of Christ corporately, the world at large. Like there's so many ways we can talk about in which he's working and moving. And it's almost like, man, which one do we want to like focus on? And I guess like, I, here's what I want to like ask you, because I know it is getting late, but what I want to ask is like, so how, I guess not just how is one filled with the spirit? Cause we kind of try to answer that. Just ask, right? Like, Mm -hmm we kind of got to that, like, you know, how much more will the heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask? I think in some ways, a simple way of answering is like, ask, but that's actually so good. Like, <laughs> like actually do it. Just ask, ask for the spirit. Yes. Like, like, and then believe, go, like, go, <laughs> and, like, go into the, like the prayer closet. Yeah. Like meaning like turn off your phone, get away, go away from people. Yes. Go to the beach. I love the beach. Sure. We're in Florida. It's pretty, yeah, it's everywhere. Go go to somewhere that's away and literally, even if it's out loud so that your brain doesn't run, just sit, literally talk to God and say, God, like, it's me. Yeah. It's been a while. I'm here. You know, and literally just begin. To- you, you told me to do this. Yes. Like, I love that. Like, I love when you say, God, this is what your word says. So I'm asking, you know, like I'm asking, fill me. I think that is beautiful and necessary. And, 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 and I just thought of this. Too. Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Like, like knock mm. you know knock on the door knock. You, uh, don't stop that's what right I'm that he connects you're right luke that's 11 is connected to that persistent widow yes, right even an evil but it's like he's like he keeps knocking he keeps knocking 
Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's like really, that really is something. And even like, think about the stories where it's like, he prayed, he prayed seven times. Yes. I would have stopped. And he looked I up. I felt foolish. I know. Him. Right. You know, I, absolutely. Absolutely. And then the seventh time he prayed, he saw like, a, what was it? Elijah, right? Where he's yeah. like, he saw a cloud like the size of a hand. And he's like, that's like, I'm done praying. Yeah. Like, I would be like, maybe we should pray a little longer until the clouds are bigger. It's <laughs> like, not big enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're, you're so pray expectantly, right? Yes. Like pray effectively, that, that idea. So I guess what I wanted to ask though, because I think we could simplify the vast, but yeah. how do you know then you are filled? Like how do you, Brandon, how do you know not just he's in you? Like, maybe, maybe start with that. That's fine. But how do you know he's in you and how do you know he's upon you? How do you know he's in you and you're filled? How, how do you know just you have um, an ongoing relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit? I think the first one, like I, I know that he's in me because I actually know, I feel like I, I, I'm very familiar with what it's like um, for him not to be. And so I feel like I, I basically have a point of contrast where I number one like and this is the this is the thing too about like any 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 real born again person has a story of transformation to tell yeah and you can never convince that person that what happened to them did not happen to them and in my opinion no I know what you mean yeah every single actually born again person it's not just yeah, it's just like, this is my worldview. This is how mm-hmm. I feel about it. They're mm-hmm. like, this is what was going on. This is who I was, how I thought, how I felt, how, like, what I was doing, all the things about me, all the things about my circumstance here. And then Christ pierced through, and this is how things have changed now. There's going to always be, if you listen to a testimony, yeah. a real testimony, there's always going to be some version of, I once was blind, but now I yeah. see I was in darkness, but now I'm in light. Like when Christ pierces through into a person's story, he transforms the person's life in a way that they cannot deny. Absolutely. You can't deny it. You can, like you said, quench it, reject it. You can say that was a long time ago. Yeah. I don't know what's going on, but like you, like when God really does the work of salvation, mm-hmm. It is transformative mm-hmm. and it is undeniable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I, and it's. I also want to with that because I fully agree. There's this no doubt that I once was blind, but now I see, kind of a thing. And I think that we must consider it. It's hard, man, because I've talked to so many people who grew up in the church, and they're like, "Why don't I have this stark contrast?" Yeah, and I'd say, well. First of all, it's amazing. Like, be thankful God has given you by His grace and His mercy and love two parents to train you up in the ways of the Lord so that you actually had some sort of, you know, ruler or something like something like, okay, how do I know a path is straight unless something's crooked? Like, yeah. you, you knew like from very young age, like, this is God in His ways. And, yeah. but there's, but I think that, so the idea of the idea of once was blind, now I see it can, like, it can, I think, almost um be applicable differently in some ways where like mm-hmm. it's not you might not even see like morality change you might see a hunger change a desire change yeah you might see something that you go god i'm just actually like i'm actually just enjoying you i'm just like kind of daily abiding in you and i, I it's not forced upon me to do this i, I want to do this like so it's sometimes not that it's subtle because it might it's usually should be powerful right yeah. but it's like i think it's okay to go man the mercy and grace of god is to let you grow up in a home that is just centered on jesus and when 
maybe you have that time where you realize this is my belief and my conviction. Yes. Um, it might not feel that much different and that's okay. And it's okay if I feel like you kind of realize like, um, it, it does, everyone's testimony obviously does look different. And I think sadly, probably for the last century or so, we've only glorified stark darkness with light. Yeah, that's but, a really good point. But at the same time, it's crazy when you do encounter Jesus, even if you feel like there's bright or like light in your life, you realize that light is dim. It is very dark compared to the light of the glory of Jesus. Like, so meaning like the closer you get to God, the more you realize I, you know, there's still a lot of me that needs growth and development. And there's still a lot of me that is far from where it should be. And it's just amazing. That can happen over time in some ways. Um, but I, I just, I want to amen what you said on that. And no, that, that's a really good, uh, addition to what I said. And I, and I'm really glad that you said that because there, it is, it is wrong to say like you know everyone goes from just being like a drug addict sure, crazy yeah, yeah. to like you know a there's morally good people quote unquote right but yes. they, but there's, they realized that morality wasn't enough anyways they realized that morality was still like it felt so short it's it's honestly I think in some ways trickier I don't know if when it's you, harder when you're moral <laughs> I think it's trickier I think it's trickier to <laughs> yeah. be born in the Christian home I think it's trickier to be born as an American I think it's harder mm. it's more confusing it's more psychologically confusing to parse out what what is mine what did I inherit from my parents mm. how real is it because that's mm. that's me too like, I and that's why I'm like I think I was born again at six <laughs> but something happened at 19 and Monica's the same thing Mon- yeah. Monica's trying to tell me that like she's not sure if she was a Christian until like three years ago and I was like I would never have married a non-Christian <laughs> yeah. you were absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. you're like <laughs> we gotta, that's another episode that's too. Another episode. Yeah. She, she basically had the same thing where like, yeah. I was away on this like um, work trip and then I came back and she's like like everything's different. Like and wow. she's like in tears and she's like, I understand like the cross. I understand mm. my sin. Like mm-hmm. I'm, that's I'm, so sweet. She's like, she's like, I'm telling you, like this is different. Like that's so sweet. Is. And I was like, I was like, really? I'm like, I'm like, but come on, you you basically always like, <laughs> like you knew this stuff. And she's like, she's like, no, I did. Like I I I believed it for a long time, but like I, and and then the, there was fruit. I have to admit yeah. too. Then she was like on like she just had such a voracious appetite for truth mm, she was yeah. like listening to like every podcast every sermon <laughs> she all of a sudden she was just like like i want to know Craving like it. everything about god like yeah i want to know all the things and i want to know all the all of the deceptions i want to know yeah. all the all the things that are fake and shallow and all the things that are rich <laughs> she just like all of a sudden had this like really strong curiosity it's so cool and it was like that's really like and in some ways like i don't want to say who cares but like who cares on the spectrum of things was that a, a sanctification like she just went deeper in her faith or something yeah i don't want to say but the fact is she's she's having these and i think that dude i i, I hope i hope when we're i hope this year i have another one of those exactly. i hope when i'm 45 i have one of those i hope exactly. when i'm 55 65 like yeah. i truly hope that there's like this i still want to be moved by the gospel of jesus when i've been after 50 years of telling people about it i still want to move me intellectually emotionally you know relationally i still want it to move me then so i don't know if i'll be like was i saved at 33 or 34 like i think it'll be like no just a beautiful like i think the idea of ezekiel remember and like going into the water that vision of like he goes into his like feet his like ankles his knees his waist he's swimming in it that's that fits well with this topic i think in some ways like you know maybe i don't know if i'm at my ankle or knee or i don't know you know i want to be swimming in it you know i want to be head head to toe kind of covered in the water um and i think there's that element to it so i can still ask you again like not to be weird no no i I think it's good i'm like getting derailed no it's i I think this is helpful and good but so how do you know how do you know the spirit of god is in you and maybe even upon you how do you know 
Yeah, just how do you know? I think the simplest answer to that is like it's impossible to say Jesus Christ is Lord apart from the Spirit of God. Mm, okay, and that's great. Yeah, first I'll John. I'll say it right now, Jesus, Jesus Christ <laughs> yeah, is Lord. And um, I, I, I think that I, I do think that like you have you, it can't just be a feeling based thing or even a self like confidence like oh I definitely could feel, I could tell yeah you know it can't be that because actually Mormons. Sure. And Jehovah's Witness and different people. I think there's self-deceived. Very strong feelings of emotional connection. That's my point. Yeah, I agree with you. So there's so Christians can be, I think, self-deceived. Yes. And so I, I would say that, and that's what I was trying to say earlier, is like, um, does the direction that the Spirit point you in um, align with the biblical description of what that direction should be. Mm. And if you are using the Bible as a measuring stick, like the spirit, like you said earlier in, in the podcast, like the spirit points you to Jesus, the spirit convicts you of sin. Mm. The spirit bears the fruit of love, joy, yes. peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Yeah. We can't pass over that. And, and you can't actually manifest those fruit. Yeah. There's not like a muscle in your foot flesh that you can flex to mm. get those fruit like they yeah. are the fruit of the spirit yes they exist in the spirit you don't have them he has them mm-hmm. he gives them to you you receive them from him mm-hmm. and so i think that it's that aspect it's the it is i also do think it's it's the idea that he's the holy spirit and wow. that holiness it always has a conviction of sin mm-hmm. and if you're sensitive about sin and you're like desirous of holiness be holy as i am holy mm. i don't think that that can be um i think that that basically belongs to, to him as well so I, mm-hmm. I think that you look at the you look at what the scriptures say and it's like the holy spirit functions in these certain ways performs these certain tasks bears these certain fruit mm-hmm. and it, and then you're like okay so that's there and i'm kind of looking at it i'm, I'm looking at the scripture and it's giving me a portrait of who this the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does. Now I'm looking at my life experience Mm -hmm. and the spirit in me is testifying that Mm. this is um, like, in other words, if there, if I could somehow erase the Bible (laughs) and just have my personal experience, Mm -hmm. I would actually say whatever this thing that's happening to me is, is bearing the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, Whatever this thing is happening to me is, is causing me to love and worship and glorify Jesus. And basically, there should be that. Now, that's impossible because the Bible, the scripture says, that. by God, we should not go into that parallel universe. Sure. <laughs> but, but my point of saying it that way is that there should be, there must be that yes. alignment between here is what scripture is telling you. Yes. The spirit does who he is. And then when you, as a mirror, look at your own life, you're like, this is the spirit. It's happening to me. Yeah. I'm getting wow. joy. I never had joy. That joy is my strength. This is Whoa. crazy. It's powered me. Whoa. It's mm-hmm. clothed me with power from on high. It's all happening to me. My one of my really good friends, Daniel. This is great. This mm-hmm. is a little bit edgy story, but this is this is totally true. Mm-hmm. He was I told I mentioned this, I think, and I don't know if we were talking on air or off air. Okay. But, <laughs> but um he was talking about um he he um was raised in a total Wicca dark arts crazy Mm. family Mm -hmm. in spain okay he was surrounded by the occult for his entire childhood Mm. um he had horrible sexual practices Mm. was in the club scene drugs all that kind of thing um he came on a 
trip to Florida. Okay. And he went to a church in South Florida. I forgot what it was called. Uh, All right, keep going. And he and it was a Spanish service that they had, and he's listening to the worship songs in Spanish. Yeah. And the gospel in the worship just strikes him. It's amazing. And he's just like, oh, my word. He's like, this is what I need. And he's basically just <sighs> experiencing the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? Absolutely. And he gets saved. Uh, yes. He has never read the Bible. Uh, yeah. Doesn't even really know what the Bible is. Goes back home uh-huh. and is like, I'm sorry, I got to break up with you to his mm-hmm. girlfriend that was toxic. And he's like, I got to move out from my parents' home. Like, mm-hmm. this this is a bad place. And practicing with that, yeah. And, he's, and he just slowly starts... Um, over the period of like three months, he begins to live the Christian life. He begins to walk away from sin. He begins to um, to basically like um, become curious about God mm-hmm. and like what was happening in the lyrics. And he knew just enough, like mm-hmm. the tiniest sliver of Christian mm-hmm. truth to get saved and for the spirit, the Holy Spirit to begin to work in his heart. Gosh. And then he's like, then after three months, that some guy on the street, whatever, I finally got my hands on a Bible mm. and I opened the Bible and my experience for like it, it, it dozens of different places was like, oh, I knew it. I knew mm. that had to be true. Wow. I, I like, yes, 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 yes. And that to me is a crazy story because it tells me that like, well, and, and I, I say it's edgy because we, it, I do not mean to suggest that we don't need the Bible because we definitely do. Yeah. But the point I'm making is that the Holy Spirit, as a part of God, mm-hmm. as God, I mean, within mm-hmm. the Trinity, authored the Bible. Yeah. And the truth that exists is from Him beyond and before yes. the, the pages of Scripture. So Scripture is the document that reflects the truth, but He can actually deliver the truth into the human heart independently of the scripture in a rare situation like that one where he yes and in a way that will not contradict scripture as obviously it will never obviously con- and that's why he was like yes i knew it amazing amazing yes and i know and, that's what you mean yeah and that's why i'm saying it's edgy because if you're but in it's, mormonism it's mm-hmm. contradicting scripture mm-hmm. wrong if you're in some kind of weird sure. kundalini yoga thing wrong yeah but in a rare situation scripture is the is the document i just a confirmation of what the spirit of god can reveal to you but obviously it's a revelation from god so it's like and i don't think it i think we would all agree that scripture is the for for me and you we agree that it's the authoritative infallible word of god the inerrant word of god we and honestly that's not a common belief i'd say anymore that's not that is like an outdated belief no i would say most people our age honestly would say no it's it has authority to it but infallible and inerrant like you know and when you kind of play out play out those words we really do believe it's it's the highest it's it's the it's the the highest word of god it's the word of god it's literally the breath of god it's the theopneusos it's the breath of god his very living breath but i agree so but we also have the 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 pneuma <laughs> you yeah. know and i love that because the whole idea of this is the word of god in second timothy three sixteen comes from like theo thea and, and pneuma like god word god breath yeah. god spirit and the pneuma is obviously spirit so it's like you have the holy spirit who obviously will affirm and direct. I had a very similar friend actually in California, similar story really? who, and it was actually probably more laziness because it's, like, you know, it's not like he didn't have access to the Bible, but dude, this kid was so in tune with the Lord and so in tune with the spirit. And then for him, he'd like read it later and be like, oh my gosh, that happened today. Or, oh my gosh, that's exactly what the Lord confirmed in my heart. Or that's exactly my conversation. And I was telling the guy this and I wasn't, I was hoping it was true. And yeah. I, you know, it's kind of like that, you know, young in the faith, very zeal- yeah, zealous, yeah. but 
it was so cool for him. He was like, I got to experience that, then read that and see that. Now it's like not, you don't always want that, but I, yeah. I love, but my point is like, I love it. Like most Christians don't even get that experience side of it. And the point is like, Brian, if you and I, right, if anyone here ever were in a different country and let's say we got held, you know, prisoner in that country and we don't have our Bible and they won't let us read it. In some ways, like, does that mean you can't be a Christian? Because I'm about no, like, we gotta, we gotta pray. I, it's weird how bizarre to me. I would, I would have to bring up God's word in my heart. Like, yeah. I'd have to like almost like quote scripture, and I'd have to like pray it to God and talk about it to God. Like, that's why I think it's so important we hide His word in our heart that we would not sin against Him. Like, yeah. we're not guaranteed. When you see, you know, I don't know if you've seen that classic video of like the the, the churches in China receiving Bibles for the first time, mm. and they're like crying, hold it, like hold wow. it to their head, just weeping. Dude, it's the heaviest video, but they're wow. just like weeping, crying over these Bibles, and like you almost like is this stage? It looks fake, but it's like this beautiful. Like we actually have our own that we get to like we get to own it rather than maybe hiding like a home secretly with one person who maybe owns it and they're risking yeah. life because they own it. Yeah. But you see them for the first time own their very very own, wow. and. We know my point of that is like going like you know that's a we, it's a luxury what we have truly i mean in north korea do, does anyone have this it's a no i mean so my thing is like this is a beautiful luxury that we have and luckily the spirit of god um can move and work in our lives obviously at times we might not ever have it we could be again we could be in a country that doesn't offer it we could be alone we could be deserted but there's so many things but you lo i love what you're saying which is the spirit of god can take this and affirm it so here's like it's like how do i know I, I'd yeah. say there has to be fruit of the spirit, right? Like yeah. there has to be fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Um, there has to be fruit of the spirit is just the evidence of the spirit. That's right. that word. The idea is like, and as you abide in Jesus, who is the vine, you're abiding any, anything of like any branch abiding in the vine is going to produce a fruit. Yeah. So as I abide in Jesus, the fruit of that will be love. Joy, so there has to be fruit. Yeah. Then I think when it comes like gifts of the spirit, and this is like the weird thing, right? The controversy is if you, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not filled with the spirit for many people who believe that I, I don't land on that. I don't think you that's know. really very biblical. That's a very, but that's a common belief amongst some denominations, right? Or some people or some individuals. I've yeah. had many people tell me that I've had people jokingly tell me that in front of groups of friends where I'm like, this person's not even saved and you're don't like, like they bring yeah. up like, Oh, do you speak in tongues? I'm like, you know, here's the thing, man. I've sought the Lord on that. I would actually love that. And I love what Paul's like. I would, I wish that all would prophesy. I wish all would speak in tongues. Yeah. But then he asked that rhetorically, do all prophesy, do all speak in tongues. My, my thing is like, this actually probably deserves its own longer conversation. But, yeah. but I would say like, I do believe there are gifts of the spirit. We don't all have the same gift of the spirit. I need that. Absolutely. I want that. I'm praying. I think you can have one. I think you have many. If it's the Holy Spirit, and I think at different points in time, if God's spirit wants to give you a gift that maybe you have for that one moment, which maybe you interpret tongues, but it doesn't mean you can always interpret tongues. Maybe it was just a, maybe you can always, maybe, maybe but maybe yeah. you can't. My thing is yeah. God, this can play out differently. And I think there's Absolutely. such a grace in this. But I think, and, and here's the thing too, I think this is what God is wisdom does. Some people, we glorify the gifts rather than the gift giver. Mm -hmm. We glorify, look what the, I have, or this person has this gift. Yep. And they forget who gave the gift. It's almost, it's almost yeah. like we're like looking to the person rather than the source of the gift. Yeah. And so it's so crazy how we fall back in the same traps. We read in the Bible, like, I can't believe they forgot quickly God. It's like, well, we, we can do the same. All that to say, man, I would say there should be fruit. I hope there's a deep hunger and thirst for righteousness, like you said, for holiness, like that that seeks also this manifestation of the spirit where the spirit of God might show up in a way like like First Corinthians 12, like Romans 12. Um, this to me is an ongoing conversation I want to continue to have, but I think, and I almost want to read this now, if you're okay yeah. with this. Yeah. Dude, Francis Chan, he wrote a book, right, that was called Forgotten God on mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I mean, one of the most, one of the most like, prophetic kind of writings to the church today yeah. i think of like hey church we're missing it because we're forgetting the yeah. third person of the trinity yeah. so he says if the holy spirit moves nothing can stop him if he doesn't move we will not produce genuine fruit no matter how much effort or money we expend the church becomes irrelevant 
when it becomes purely a human creation. We are not all we were made to be when everything in our lives and churches can be explained apart from the work and presence of the Spirit of God. It's crazy. There, I think, is like table fruit sometimes, like the appearance of fruit mm-hmm. and maybe not. Mm-hmm. There's the appearance of life. It's like the, mm-hmm. the Ezekiel, the dry bones are put back together and it's like appearance of life, but God's breath needs to be breathed on them. And I think there's that side where like, wow, God, like the church can have this appearance of life. And I love Ephesians 4 because he's naming the gifts of the spirit. He's naming the offices in the church. And he's talking about how we need to be joint and knit together. And there's this idea, though, of just like we're joint and knit by the, by the spirit of God. And I think of Ezekiel and just like the breath of God coming upon and making those dry bones alive. And man, how I need that, like how I, it, all of this begins individually. And then like you think about how the local expression, like whatever your local community of believers is, how we want to be this together and fight for this together. So my thing is whether you're a part of a church that's 20,000 members or you're part of a 15 member church, like our desires, like how do we fight for it, for that? Um, where we are going, God, breathe on these bones, breathe on us. Um, uh, so, cause again, I think, man, what, what would it look like if the church here and globally was filled with the spirit? Um, I think we see love. I think we see truth. I think we see gifts. I think we'd see needs being met. I think we'd see, um, the, the body of Christ, have probably better reputation, but at the same time also have a bad reputation because they're preaching truth. I think there'd be a mixture of both. Um, but I think, man, how we need, we need him. We need Acts 2 again. We need, you know, everything we've seen in the New Testament, we still need to this day. We need him. I don't know if you have thoughts or like, I don't know what, what's our last kind of closing comment about this. I mean, this, this is not even a topic again. We're, we're talking about a person, but any, any closing thoughts? I would like to pray. Yeah, that's good. I would really like, because like, I, I just feel what you're saying so much. I, I, I just want to pray um, for me, for Josiah, for us as we're recording this, and for anybody listening to this as well. Um, dear God, would you help us not to waste our time, help us not to waste our life, help us not just to um, go through the motions and just to um, allow ourselves to be distracted by so many frivialities, God. Mm-hmm. Convict us, God, of, of the way that we should actually be spending our time, the things that we, um, that we actually need. And at the center of that is you, God. It's mm-hmm. it's crazy how much, um, how easy it is to to sort of push you to the edges, and and sort of only pull you in when things get tough and when we feel like we really need it, like you're an accessory. Mm-hmm. Um, I repent of that. Um, I repent of um, just every sin. Um, you know, that's aware to me and that's not aware mm-hmm. either of, you know, omission, commission, just everything, God, would you please forgive and and wash wash me white as snow? I pray that you would do the same thing for anybody listening to this. 
I hate the way that the devil will try to use sin to make us think that you don't want to be with us mm-hmm. and it'll keep us from you for, for so long, pinning us down underwater for so many weeks and months and years. I hate that. I rebuke mm-hmm. that in Jesus' mm-hmm. name. You're not afraid of sin. You came to nail it to the cross, Lord. Mm-hmm. Why are we holding on to it so so tightly? Why aren't we why aren't we releasing it to yes, you, God? Jesus, giving it to you. Yes. You said that you had separated as far as the east is from the west. Mm. You said that you would remember it no more. You said that you would take it on to yourself, that you would even become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. And that is what I pray for myself. That is what I pray for everybody listening to this, that we would become the righteousness of God in mm. Christ. Yes, Lord. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would just convict anybody listening to this Convict them of that sin, but at the same time, convict them towards who you are. Convict Mm -hmm. them towards your kingdom. Convict them towards your righteousness, Mm -hmm. Lord. I pray that you would just fall afresh on on, um, our culture, on our country, on our Mm -hmm. civilization, on our world. So many crazy things happening in 2022. So much darkness all around um, mm-hmm. so many distractions it's it's just a rat's nest if you really if you really look at what's happening in the world right now and god we need your spirit lord we need um we need you to renovate um our hearts that we can renovate our communities mm-hmm. our society going out and out and out and out but it, it has to start very personal mm-hmm. god so i just pray in jesus name that for anybody listening to this, that your Holy Spirit would fall afresh on them, mm-hmm. that you would anoint them for ministry, mm-hmm. that you would baptize them and clothe them with power from on high to do the works of your kingdom, God. I pray that you would just make it so clear and give the any listener the just the overflowing of their cup just the joy and the overflowing of, of, of what it means to, to know and to experience who, the, who God truly is. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for Jesus. And thank you that even when Jesus left us, you brought your spirit to us to be our comforter, to be our, uh, the, the fruit whose joy is our strength, the, the um, power from on high that we need. So I just pray this in mm. Jesus' name that from this point going forward, um, for any listener, that this would just be something, if it wasn't this far into the podcast, that it would be something that you would use as a as a highlighted moment or as a chapter marker of mm-hmm. I don't want to just continue in the same pattern, but I I need I need thee, Lord. I need thee. Every hour I need thee. And I love what Josiah said of, of we're leaky vessels. It's never a one and done. It's never a quick fix or, or something like that. It's the fact that we're human and that means that we are created beings and that means that we need our creator. And yes. this is the way that you have chosen to connect to us and connect us to you um, through through your Holy Spirit, God. So I just pray that. I pray for a changed a changed life <laughs> and new paths being formed, new neural paths being formed, mm-hmm. new life decisions being formed, mm-hmm. um, that you would restore the years of the locusts of Eden, that you would bring revival into 
um, our hearts, God, and that you would um, just begin to have your way um, in, in each of our lives. I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. 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 That's it. <sighs> Thanks, dude. It's weird thinking about somebody Sweet. listening. I'm like, if, I know. Someone, if someone's like long this far, I'm like, I, I don't know. It, it's true. Like, if someone's long this far, I was thinking about that when you're praying. I was like, Lord, how cool would it be that in the middle of this prayer, your presence just overwhelms them? You know?